What a week, guys. Welcome. What a Another week. One. Yeah. Another one. January is definitely um, outside of the threat of, uh, you know, world war. This January is giving January 2020 a run for its money, I would have to say. Nespa? Yes, because <laughs> last year we didn't start January with the pandemic already happening. So this January, it's already under pressure because <laughs> we actually started already having a pandemic. But last January, at least, we had the wildfires going in Australia, which is not happening right now. So that's a good thing. But yeah, yeah. Australia is living their life right now. But honestly, the United States, that's where that's like this is... This is legit crazy stuff happening in the States. Like, it's crazy. It's 9-11 type stuff now, you know. It, I did, it really didn't dawn on me last week when we were talking about it because it was so fresh. And there was not enough information that had come out because we'd only seen what we saw on TV. But now after a week of finding out so much more stuff, yo, this is like a 9-11-ish. I just feel like we're living in a simulation. Everything is, feels like a movie right now. <laughs> I don't know. Well, give, hello, everybody. Hello, our listeners. Welcome to Hashtag Uncensored podcast version of our radio show, Hashtag. Uh, yeah, we're talking about this shit show of a January. The nerve of it to call itself 2021, like we're off to a good start. No, no, we're not. And uh, we're going to talk about it today. I As you can actually, see, I, it, it I, is a good start. I, I stopped cutting my hair out of stress. <laughs> it is actually a good start, though. When you big picture it, this stuff had to happen, man. Had to happen. True. Um, True. So, you know how um, we spoke about Australia? Well, you touched on Australia briefly. I saw something funny on Twitter today. Um, CB24 tweeted an article that Australia... So see how they have no COVID cases. They're literally just living normal. Assassinating pigeons? Yeah, they found a pigeon. Somehow they traced that the pigeon came from Oregon and flew over the Pacific. So they're going to kill it. How did they trace back where it came from? I saw that and I just kept scrolling, man. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they be, um, they tag these animals so they can keep track of their migration patterns. Who's tagging so pigeons, man? Who's tagging yeah. pigeons, bro? Yo, There's a lot of pigeons. People who study animals. <laughs> who's studying pigeons? Pigeons are animals just because just because they shit all over our sidewalks and they're they we as city dwellers consider them the annoying. Worst type of See, bird. We, we we inhabited we're inhabiting their natural habitat. They're they're looking at us like, yo, what the fuck are you guys? I doing detest <laughs> pigeons. I detest those guys, man. Fuck those guys, man. I, I promise you they hate us too. I promise you. Yeah, that. they clear but they've shown how they hate us. They've they've proven they already. <laughs> They're not they making it subtle that they time. hate us. Trust me. Man. Yeah, they shit on us. These guys literally, <laughs> pigeons literally shit on us. Not even like talk bad about us. These guys shit on us every chance they get. Fuck these guys. Yeah, I just thought uh, that was a funny article. Anyways, no, uh, how was no, your weeks, though, guys? How was your weeks? Oh, uh, Salter was going to say something. No, you're going to say something. I was going to say, ah, uh, it's, it's a week. It went by. It's Thursday. So it's um, almost done. What did I? Oh, I, I, I took a break from working out. I started working out again. So there's that. But right. that's you took a break. No breaks, Nina. No days off. That's the last thing you want to take a break. No, from. I got, I got fed up. I'm fed up of everything. Oh man, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fair. Okay, well, <laughs> you can start the radio time whenever you want, Solitaire. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. It is 10 o'clock on Saturday, January the 16th. 
who keeps track of the days nowadays because you can't go outside anyway. Oh, yeah. Welcome well, to the program. What? No, just yeah, we're, <laughs> we're in lockdown again, like in a worse way. But I don't like using that term. But what else? How we're else? locked down. We locked down the lockdown. We're, we're in a holding pattern. How we're, does that sound? Does that sound a little better? Yeah, a little stay, more palatable? Just stay at home. Reste à la maison. Stay at home. Oh, this stay guy's from- à la maison. <laughs> Reste à la maison. Stay at home. What kind of French English is that? There you go. I don't know. What's that all about? Anyway, welcome to the program. You tuned in, dialed in, locked into the greatest conversation on the planet. Welcome to Hashtag Live right here on Vibe 105. Yours truly, Solitaire, DJ Reddy Fox, No Better Nina. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing this week? All right. Uh, all right. All right. Just all right. Yeah. So enthusiastic. It's a weird time. It sounds man. like you're 2020. It's a weird time <laughs> with every. Okay. I will say just because we will talk about it on the show, but just with everything that's happening in the States and just uh, especially for what happened last week and just more information coming out, it's just making everything feel weird. And now with us in this new um, stay at home measure that uh, yeah. we're currently in, it's just adding to it. So yeah, so it's a weird week. So much uncertainty and like and and uh, real like un- there's no clarity as to what these stay-at-home orders really mean. Some <laughs> politicians are saying, well, you know, it's we're kind of leaving it up to the individuals to determine whether or not it's appropriate for what they're leaving the house to do, and it's a uh, it's a mess out there. But uh, we're going to try to at least add some entertainment value to your Saturday mornings if you're. If you're if you're allowed to grocery shop, or maybe you're out for a walk, you're or, allowed to grocery shop, man. Stop it. Or maybe you're know. driving to work. Maybe you're driving to work. You know, all of that stuff. We're very, very grateful that you have chosen to listen to us on this Saturday morning. Uh, we love your continued support on our social media at hashtag Vibe One Hundred Five is the tag on Twitter and Instagram. We post clips of the shows. We post clips of interesting articles that we think might be relevant for you to check out. So make sure you follow us and uh, encourage your family and friends to do the same. Okay. Um, it is Saturday. Oh, also, sorry. I just wanted to say, I forgot to put this on the page. Also, we are looking for a content specialist to assist us with our social media. Oh, yes, that's um, right. Yes, I forgot to put it on the page. I knew it was forgetting okay. something. Um, so yeah, if you guys feel like you would be able to help us with social media engagement, um, editing our videos and posting them to our page, and like Solitaire was just mentioning, um, posting relevant articles uh, as we deem or uh, as you deem fit, um, then make sure you send your resume or application to programs with an S at vibe105to.com. Yeah, we'll announce that again at the end of the show. Yes. And don't be janky. Like, know your skill level. If you're not good, come on. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> you know those people who are not self-aware? Like, if you're yeah. not at the level yet, then then don't front. You know what I mean? Just, Just check uh, out our Instagram page to see what we're looking for, basically. The type of video editing and, and possibly if you can bring that to another level. Absolutely. So that's uh, that's good to know. It, um, yeah, make sure you, 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 if you know anybody, refer them to us. All that sort of stuff, because, you know, we're always trying to make sure that we're keeping our social media active. And it's a volunteer position. Sorry, I forgot to say that part, too. Volunteer position. But, you know, there's a lot of room for growth and other opportunities to uh, to expand your you know business. This is a radio station. So there's a lot of uh, different avenues you can explore. Once you get in the door, the key is to get in the door. OK, mm-hmm. so we appreciate that. Um, lots to discuss this week. We're all in a kind of weird space. Good stuff. Bad stuff, mediocre stuff, insurrections, impeachments, 
Just stuff. Uh, just stuff. So uh, lots to cover. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, I want to throw over to No Better Nina for our poll question of the week. What you got? Okay, so last week uh, we asked if you think Ontario should implement a curfew like Quebec's 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. curfew to slow the spread of COVID-19. The options were yes, what are we waiting for? No, how does that help? Or I'll just sleep over. So (laughs) 5% of people said that they'll just sleep over. Um, 22% of people said yes, what are we waiting for? And 72% agree with me and ask how that helped. Yeah. So that curfew was eventually taken off the table. Um, and now this week, we're asking if you think Ontario's new stay-at-home order will help flatten the curve when it comes to COVID-19. The options are yes, we're limited now. Uh, no, we were always at home. Or I'm just confused now. So head over to hashtag Vibe105 on Twitter and Instagram to make your vote count. I, I can't remember, Solitaire. What did you say? Did you agree with the curfew thing or no? No, man. But I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. What would you have picked for our survey? <laughs> what would you have picked out of the options there that Nina gave us there? Yes, what are we waiting for? No, uh, how does that help? I'll just sleep over. <laughs> I, I would pick I would just sleep over, but uh, I don't have anywhere to sleep over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, I'm not sure how know, it helps. Honestly, I'm not sure how it helps. I would be in that 72 range, I think. My understanding, my understanding of it is when you speak to people kind of like off the record is it's more of a, a publicity awareness campaign to let people know how serious they are about the spread and trying to curb and uh, to curb the spread and how much hospitals are being impacted by this, which is really frustrating because you have a group of people out there who will drive by a hospital and say, where's the lines? Where's the lines? I don't see. How are they saying that they're overrun or they're they're, they're, they're so dumb? Hey, you. Hey, listen. You'll be surprised. Wow. So I think this is kind of like a heavy-handed way for the government and you know people in media as completely you know miss uh, you know the way that they've unru- they they uh, they uh, they rolled out this message is completely disastrous and confusing. I will give you that, but at the same time, the disease of the, the, you know, this, this, this virus is serious and it's, you know, it's really wreaking havoc on the population. So I think that's really what it is. They really want to make sure that people understand the gravity of the situation. That's my assessment. All right. Sir. All right. Well, thanks for that poll question, Nina. You're welcome. (laughs) Flatten the curve. We're sorry. (laughs) <laughs> we're so do can i just say something really quick before of course we get- it's your show it, you know it's frustrating when people who have never had to solve a problem in their life have all the solutions and all the they're calling out all the problems that people have all oh, the media is this and they're saying this and these people have never had to solve a major crisis in their lives <laughs> they're employees but they have all the critiques of what people should be doing anyway right Who's let's get into some heavy herds, ladies and gentlemen. Have you heard? Sure, let's do it. First and foremost, I want to say a congratulations to the honorable Gene Augustine. Uh, the trailblazing MP uh, came to Ottawa to make a change where she knew it mattered. She's been in politics for over 13 years, and she recently received McLean's Lifetime Achievement Award for her career in politics. 
incredible. We're gonna just post that. I, I just, clap, clap, you know, clap, clap. I forgot to put that on the yeah. on the on the page. So we'll post out the the actual article about that. But I just wanted to give her a quick shout out. Yeah, congrats. Into a couple couple of quick stories also as well. I want to give a shout out to this young lady, Renee Jadejo. I, why is it we have a tradition of messing up people's names? You right? have a tradition. Me. Me. Not we. Okay. Thanks, Nina. Thanks, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be Toronto's youngest counselor ever. She's the second year student at York, uh, sorry, University of Toronto. Can't disrespect that. Very two um, different schools. Very two different schools. Uh, she's running in the Scarborough Agent Court by-election that's scheduled for January 15th. So Yesterday. by the time you're listening to this, you'll yeah. uh, find out whether or not she won. Uh, fingers crossed. Tall order, but you know, I aspire. You know, I'm, I'm very much impressed by her. You know, her enthusiasm and motivation to do that. If she is elected, if she was elected, she will be the youngest person ever elected to Toronto City Council. Nice. Well, we'll see what happens. Congratulations to her. Um, and another story I thought was a. Uh, you know, very unique and, uh, you know, the legacy of Sesame Street lives on and continuing to try to bring people together and, and do their best to talk about, you know, to address racism and, and things like refugee children in meaningful ways. And their latest, uh, their latest effort to do that, they created Rohingya Muppets to help refugee children. Mm. Uh, Sesame Street has unveiled its first Rohingya Muppets to help thousands of refugee children overcome trauma and tackle the impact of coronavirus in the world's largest refugee settlement in Bangladesh. The new Muppets are six-year-old twins Noor and Aziz Yasmin, Mm. and they'll be featured along the show's famous characters such as Elmo and Louie in educational videos in Rohingya language in the camps. And this is according to Sesame Workshop, the nonprofit organization behind the show. Noor and Aziz are at the heart of our efforts to bring early education to children and caregivers impacted tremendously by the dual crises of displacement and the COVID-19 pandemic, hmm. says Sherry Weston. She's the president of Social Impact at Sesame Workshop. Were you Sesame Street fans growing up? Ready, Fox? Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Nina, have you, Nina, have you ever yes. heard of Sesame Street? Yes. Does he, yeah? Come on. Sesame Street, Barney, Teletubbies, all of that. Okay. I was about to say, did you say Barney was on Sesame Street? I was about to call you out. No, okay. I had VHSs of those, okay? Fair to say, you said Barney. Barney is new school, so don't put Barney in Sesame Street in the or same Or maybe scene. you guys are just old school. Yeah, probably. Hey, yeah, you can tell by the gray hair. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Do you, have you ever, Nina, have you ever heard of Electric Company? Yeah, Electric, 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 okay. Electric, Electric Just checking. Company. Yeah, see, I'm not that. Funny thing, funny story. I I don't think I've ever heard of Electric Company. Okay, well, uh, did you, you never watch? I watched it just to see the Spider Man uh, bits that they put on it. To be honest with you, but Morgan Freeman was on it. I think it was on really? PBS Kids, right? Yeah, I think so. But uh, yeah, Google it. The Electric Company. Google it, everyone. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now this is a this is a striking story. There is a Quebec doctor who uh, died by way of suicide. Oh. And this has sent um, some shockwaves through Canada's medical community. Her name is Dr. Corrine Dion. She was 35 years old. She had a young son. She died by suicide early in January. Her family said it was the stress of the COVID-19 pandemic that led to her death. Oh, man. Uh, her family and husband, they went public with this death to let the public know the immense distress 
that health workers are experiencing on the front lines of this pandemic. Do you hear that, people who are saying, oh, it's not, uh, there's nobody in hospitals. Are you listening to these stories? But I guess it's fake news because it's on real, it's on real media, you know, mainstream media. Anyway, uh, this is from Dr. Nahid Dosani, a palliative care physician and a, healthcare, a health justice activist. Activists uh, throughout this pandemic, our health workers on the front lines, my colleagues have experienced significant mental stress, losses, trauma, grief, and a burden that is really hard to put in words. Mm. Um, according to a recent survey by the Canadian Associate of Emergency Physicians, the burnout rate of doctors practicing emergency medicine is estimated at around 86 percent. 86. That's a lot. The front lines. This is not like, you know, this is not the pretend front lines. You know, no disrespect to grocery store workers and people are still forced to work in the service industry. That is still hard work and you're still putting your health in in danger. But these are people that are working with actual sick people in the hospital. So I can, I can only imagine what kind of stress they must be under. Now, the same survey, they found that frontline staff will be adversely affected by COVID-19 both during and after the pandemic. And around 14% of those surveyed had contemplated suicide during their staff career in emergency medicine. Oh, wow. And of those physicians, 6% had actively considered suicide in the past year. Okay. You, you, so this is... just You broke up there just for a second, Solitaire, so I'll just repeat it, um, that um, 6% had actively considered okay. suicide in the past year, and 14% surveyed contemplated it, um, I guess, over the past year as well or whatever. You just broke up there for a second. But these numbers, it's... <sighs> Man, it's. I always said this, and we've said this all on the show from the beginning, from last year when the pandemic started, that we we're concerned about people's mental health. But I'm just thinking about people at home and whatnot. You know, I I don't really think a lot on term in terms of the doc- doctors and nurses um, and what their mental health is. Of course, they're part of it as well. But I always seem to focus more on the populace than on the doctors on the front line, which is not good, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's one of those things I think that you we don't really think about the medical community. I mean, and, and the funny thing is, even as much as I'm trying, uh, as I trust the experts when they're talking about what's happening in terms of the coronavirus and the vaccine and stuff like that, I've never really been a big, you know, a big fan of going to the doctor. I, re- you know, I probably go once a year, but it's usually out of sight, out of mind. And in this situation, it's really easy to kind of, not pay attention or be distracted by all the, you know, the conflicting stories about what's going on with the virus. But this really resonated with me when, you know, you have doctors contemplating suicide and somebody actually committing suicide as a result of, you know, the press, the, un, you know, the enormous amount of stress that they're under. And um, related to this story, I wanted to just, you know, touch on another poll that was conducted that said 25% of Canadians say their mental health is worse than the first corona, uh, the coronavirus wave. Um, one in four said their stress level is higher than during the first COVID-19 wave, uh, according to a new poll. So I wanted to ask you all, how has, you know, obviously we're in lockdown, we're in lockdown three. I just saw a meme where they were talking about all the different lockdowns and pretty soon it's going to be too locked, too down. <laughs> kind of like playing off the whole Fast and Furious franchise. It's, uh-huh. pretty, it's pretty hilarious. We should uh, tweet it out. But um, how has uh, the last lockdown versus this lockdown been for you? Nina, I'll start with you. Oh, this one, I'm I'm with this 25%. It's hmm. way worse. I think being in the wintertime, 
also plays a part in it. Um, but I think there's just a lot more because like we went through the first one and we didn't really expect another one to come so soon per se. Right. And then it's kind of just like a lot more you feel I feel personally I feel a lot more restricted in terms of not what I can do, but what I can do in life in general. <laughs> so like I just feel held back. Like For sure. I get that. What about you, Ready? Um, I I don't know. I feel the same pretty much. I, it doesn't feel like it's ever stopped. Like it it hasn't ended in any way, shape or form. So as whatever the measures that they're having us do, which we'll talk about in politics as usual as well. But um yeah, no, I don't feel like any different than the first lockdown than what we're experiencing now per se. It's just it's just never ending from the way it feels per se. But yeah, yeah. no. What about uh, and, what about yourself, pretty- Solitaire? I would say I, I'm I'm kind of like you. I think um, really what is the most difficult uh, challenge is the uncertainty of what comes next, especially with, you know, vaccines was widely considered to be like, OK, vac- once the vaccines come, you know, we'll, we'll inoculate everybody and things will slowly start to get back to normal. But now that's not even a certainty. Can, can I just make a, a note as well, too? And I really shouldn't even speak on this because I'm very lucky that I'm still able to work from home. So who knows what my mental health might be if I were one of these people that, you know, lost my job because of the pandemic. So the added stress of just dealing with all the normal financial stuff that we was already stressful before the pandemic. Now you've lost your job or you can't work through no fault of your own again, because of the pandemic, that's a whole other layer for the mental, you know, Mm -hmm. stress that gets added to what you're feeling. So me, I'm lucky. So I'm blessed. So I don't even want to say one way or the other, but I can definitely understand how as this goes on and on and on and the uncertainty is really the thing of it because we we really don't see an end in sight right now, right? That if there was some light at the end of the tunnel and I don't know if vaccines are going to be the light, but um, I think that would be helpful. Apparently not. Apparently not (laughs) because people are out there saying, don't take it. If you take it, you're going to get the mark of the beast or I don't know. Mark of the beast. Yeah, there's a lot of wild theories out there. I'm not saying, you know, allegedly, whatever. But um, to your point, Reddy Fox, uh, participants who who, uh, took part in this poll said their biggest concerns were the length and the severity of the the pandemic uh, as the biggest source of their anxiety, uh, followed closely by social anxiety, or sorry, social isolation and family health. And I could imagine people who have lost their businesses and lost, you know, their domiciles, or, you know, a place to stay. It's, it's rough, man. And, it, and I, I, there's no shortcut to the way through. So we'll do your best to keep a, you know, keep your mental health above board, try mm-hmm. to stay in you know, contact with family as best you can. Zooms aren't, you know, zoom calls aren't the best, but you know, it's something it's better than nothing. So do your best to keep in touch with your, with your loved ones. And uh, that's it. I know we have one minute. Can I just, uh, can I just quickly outline all the businesses that have, that have yeah. uh, cut ties with Trump in sure. this one yeah. minute. If you want to, okay. it's a little bit of a prelude to what we'll talk about in politics as usual. So go for it. Okay, <laughs> this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. So businesses are are are, are shedding the Trump virus like hotcakes because it's toxic. Google, Google Facebook, Microsoft, Stripe. I, I, they process they use to process payments for Trump's campaign. Shopify, Snapchat, YouTube, Twitch, Reddit, Twitter, PGA of America, Citigroup. JP Morgan Chase. Oh man, the list goes on. The fallout is continuing, and we are here for it. Okay. 
So uh, that's all for Have You Heard, ladies and gentlemen. Right about now, we have to pay some bills. For those of you who are listening to us live on the radio, please stay tuned. For those of you on the podcast, stay with us. Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, Bank of America, Wells Fargo. Oh, fuck, it's great. Yeah, it's good. But you know what? I was going to say, I wanted to speak on this now for the podcast time because I'm really getting annoyed by people that are shitting on people that don't want to take the vaccine. I, I think wait let me process people that are shitting on people oh okay yeah right. because I get it I understand how because it's they kind of almost go hand in hand with the anti-masker type thing and all that stuff but this is different this mm. is something that we all know when you normally do a vaccine it takes much longer than this this was rushed I understand why they rush it because <laughs> shit is crazy <laughs> right now right like I get why they're rushing it but first of all don't discount the history that black people already have when it comes to the government or whatever, when it comes to just willingly take administered medicines of any sort or just being a guinea pig for them to experiment on when they're using these kind of things. Like, no, like the government, there's, this has already been a talking point to say that, yeah, why should people trust you guys? How trustworthy have you been? Historically speaking. So I'm just saying like, I don't like the way people are just shitting on people so easily because they're, second guessing whether or not they want to take the vaccine and i saw that shit about what chris rock said about how well i don't know what's in tylenol and i still take it yeah we've all been taking tylenol for 150 years now it's got a proven track record of not killing people right yeah yeah like they're not even sure if pregnant women can take this vaccine right now or what that's where my concern lies like i'm saying like there's so many unknowns that are still happening with it aside those alone would have someone second guessing whether or not they want to take it yeah that that whole pregnancy thing is definitely where my concern lies at 25 like i would like to have kids by at least one by 30 right i'm just saying like this is a very unique situation and if someone doesn't the whole mask thing that's ridiculous to me like just wear a mask like there's but Mm -hmm. when you're talking about somebody injecting something into you now that these companies a are rushing because they want to don't get it twisted that their stock prices go all the way through the roof like pfizer and moderna whatever those guys are they're like their their valuation is probably through the roof if they have a workable vaccine right so it's mm-hmm. beneficial for them to get it out there to be the first one out there with it right all the contracts they get to sign with all these different countries that are dying to have a vaccine and all that so don't ever forget that incentive about it as right. well so i'm just saying like i it's not so cut and dry to just say like oh you don't want to take the vaccine you're a loser like no mm-hmm. i don't know I just... uh, man, I, you know, ready? I'm 100%, 110% with you on that. Uh, when it comes to medicine and when it comes to something like a vaccine, especially when they're talking about initially in the early days, they're saying that the earliest, the absolute earliest that they could see a vaccine being ready to administer to the general population is like a year and a half to two years. And right. that would be a record. You know, I, I'm just not, I think for me, the discourse is really the problem. It can't be black and white. It can't be take the vaccine or you're a shithead. Or, or you know what I mean? Like it, it can't be those extremes, especially when you're talking about medicine, especially when you're talking about the history. Like how many lawsuits do these uh, these pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. end up paying out very quietly for failed medications that you know gave people like Alzheimer's or something crazy or cerebral palsy or what have you, autism? So I get that. I think the problem becomes when you start to 
become the authority on what people should do. Like oh, yeah, I, no, I'm no. speaking, I'm talking about like for myself, I, I can't remember. I might, I may have taken the flu vaccine once in my life. Flu shot, I've never, yeah. I've, the, the, yeah, the flu shot. I've never taken it seasonally and they advise you to take it every year. I haven't taken it. I've never taken it. This is a, to me, this is a little bit different. Maybe, um, maybe I am a, a victim of the, 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 the sensationalization of the virus and the fact that the whole world has been locked down and in like cycles of lockdown for the last year, but I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not going to just shit on somebody because they they're skeptical of taking the vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. But I am going to be, I am going to shit on you. If you start, you know, coming up with some crackpot conspiracy theories of and, and that's really kind of the problem. There's so much, you know, lack of understanding as to how the vaccine works and we don't have a lot of time left before we have to get back into radio but i just want to say just as a side note let me just explain to you how much i don't trust government type stuff or whatever or just the world in general for the fact that times when i was walking downtown and they would be handing out like samples oh try the new uh walnut bar or whatever like handing out samples on the corner i would never take that you know why how do i know that those people aren't like super racist and they just have like some sort of poison thing and one thing they make sure to give it to black people and like i thought about that shit i never took free food from anybody on the street because i was like i don't know that person's intentions it has nothing to do with the government though no but i'm saying that there are people he says he's trying to say that he has whoa whoa trust issues <laughs> basically basically when it comes to the never, government never and when it comes to racists I don't trust you guys. Nina, never sing again. Never it, was, sing. it was good. Somebody tell Drake him my line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's oh. listening right now. He's like, no. Okay, well, you can start radio time whenever you want to, Solitaire. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. You're tuned into Hashtag Live right here on Vibe 105. Yours truly, Solitaire. DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. Trying to navigate through this. Ah, this, the, the malaise of January with no anticipation of what's to come next. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? What, what's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Everything's going to happen all at once. Well, we'll see. But um, let's talk about what is happening, what has happened, and what to anticipate in the coming days and weeks during this segment of Politics as Usual. Ready, Fox, take it away. Okay, well, so much has happened, of course. We have to discuss, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we have to discuss what's happening in the States because it's it's a powder keg down there right now. Um, who knows what's going to happen between us recording now and you guys listening to us on the radio on Saturday morning? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anything's <laughs> possible. But um, we want to talk a bit about the uh, stay-at-home measures that are now in effect for Ontario. And is it enforceable? Like, I want to get your opinion, Nina, and Solitaire about this because um, I just don't see how they enforce it. Also, of course, we have to talk about the siege on Capitol Hill that happened last week and the fallout from it and Trump being impeached twice. This is the first president in history to be impeached twice. And you know what? It's, it's finally come full head for the states now. I feel like it's their reckoning now. They have to deal with their racist white supremacy problem, which they've ignored pretty much from day one. For whatever. I'm gonna piggyback. I'm gonna piggyback off of Nina's uh, Nina's singing, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna quote Chris Brown and say, "Deuces." 
and Nina was singing during the podcast time for everyone listening. So wondering if you want to hear my fire vocals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go to listen to the podcast and you heard Nina singing in the uh, podcast section. And uh, we have to talk I about. To, I want you to acknowledge my double entendre right there. Okay. I acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. And also we have to talk about social media. Like, yes, Trump has been banned from pretty much all of social. I can't believe Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> That one sweet me so much. Why, why Pinterest? Why did they ban him? I, why? Why not? He to make pins. He'll, make, he'll do it on anything. So everyone has to ban Oh, him. I found not? that to be super hilarious when I saw that. So anyways, uh, we have to talk about this because it's a bigger deal than just Donald Trump. Because um, these Facebook and Twitter in particular, it's a scary thing to think that if they choose that you don't get to speak or you whatever, use their platforms, you lose access to a big platform and that's something that we have to discuss so we'll talk about some of this stuff and hopefully we can get through it all in the time that we have but on a side note um real quick the trial for uh derek chauvin the the infamous police officer that killed uh george floyd his trial is starting march 8th so um we're gonna wow. keep an eye out for that and then the trial for his other um accomplices in the murder um their trial will be beginning august 23rd so we're we have dates at least for um, seeing what happens with that. So let's get started. Um, just overall, the stay-at-home measures now are in effect in Ontario. Do you guys think that this is something that's enforceable? Because they're saying police will be out there. They pretty much want you to stay at home and only go out if you need to get food, medication, or you know, you just. But the thing is that they also say if you need to get out for exercise or if you're walking the pets or you know, you or have... if you need to do curbside pickup at a garden center, that's essential to you. Okay, so that's that's the thing of it. There's two problems with this that people are pointing out is that what is deemed as essential and how do you enforce this? Because I thought I saw some points where they were saying there could be anywhere from $500 fines to $2,000 fines. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But the fact that they're going to leave this to the discretion of police to enforce, I don't like as well. So, Nina, what do you think about it? I was going to say that uh, I, when I saw Doug Ford said that, I was like, I don't really trust that. Um, but then I also saw that they put out today that police are not going to be randomly stopping people. Um, they don't, you don't have to tell them where you're going. And you also don't have to show any proof of work to show that you're going to and from work. So I don't really know how this is going to be enforced. Like, I know the first time around when the initial lockdown in March happened, like, everyone was scared nobody knew like what this virus was capable of not that people aren't scared now not that it's just as serious i think it's the fact that people have gone outside and they've been lucky and not caught the virus and they've been outside so many times that they're like there's nothing to be scared of so they continue going outside like you know what i mean so that's why i feel like i don't know if this is really gonna work i don't really have a lot of faith in it working and i knock on wood like I see maybe something worse happening, possibly maybe a curfew. Who knows? I don't know, because I don't think this is going to work, to be honest. I think Doug Ford's going to be like, well, you guys didn't listen. So now I'm going to imply impose a curfew on you. So you feel like a curfew would be worse? Yeah, for sure. Because then you literally cannot be outside from like, like Quebec, like 8 p.m. to 5. They're going to catch you and be like, what the heck are you doing outside? Right. Again, but uh, should they be allowed to question us? I don't know. Solitaire, how do you how do you feel about it? 
First and foremost, I do not want to get stopped by the police. <laughs> For any reason whatsoever. For any reason. <laughs> I, have, I have curbed my speeding habit for just such an occasion. I don't speed. I'm a model citizen. I don't want no problems with the police. <laughs> um, no, it's not going to work. Uh, it can't work when the police themselves are saying, we're not going to stop people. We're not going to. So you're, you're going to be outside the only person you're going to have to answer to is yourself. So really, it's kind of like they're trying to get, you know, I think uh, I think they call it like the invisible, the invisible halo over everybody to kind of police themselves. Again, like I said earlier in the show, man, I really think that it's more a matter of emphasizing or, you know, amplifying the message to be cautious, remain vigilant. We are far from out of the woods. And I, I think, think you're I think you're you know, right about that. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of because it's like, it's one thing to say, hey, come on, guys, stay home. It's serious. It's another thing to say, stay in your houses. Right. This is a lockdown. You know what right. I mean? It kind of like brings the point uh, home in, a, in an emphatic way. And I think really that's all they're trying to do. Because even know, if they don't country, intend like, to enforce and, it kind of thing, like just put it out there, put that me- that strong message I mean, out there. They'll probably the somebody some poor soul is probably going to be you know the scapegoat to to prove that they are enforcing it. I think as as far as it when it comes to businesses being open and kind of flouting the the rules, they want to make sure that the, the, at least especially places where a lot of people tend to congregate or want to go to mm-hmm. that they're specifically following the rules. But I mean the rest of us, if we're remaining vigilant, we're washing our hands, we're wearing masks, we're physically distancing. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, they just want to make sure that people are still getting the message because the numbers are still going up. Um, whether or not you believe the numbers or not, or they're making it up, whatever you believe. The fact of the matter is everybody that I know that works in a hospital says, Hey, wash your hands and wear a mask. And stay so at home as I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe the people, I'm going to believe the people that work there. How right. about that? Okay. So if that's true, then let me ask you, Nina, do you think that's a good way to, to deliver the message to do these measures to make it seem like it's an official thing, even though they, they're not really going to enforce it, but it's just a stronger way of messaging. Do you agree with that, that approach, Nina? Uh, no, because I don't think that they should have said anything if they wanted it to be more intimidating in that matter. I've had conversations with people prior, like two days prior to this order being in place where they're like, oh my gosh, I'm scared. The police are going to be stopping us, blah, blah, blah. And then today they see the statement made that no, police are not going to be randomly stopping people, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, what the heck? So I can just keep doing exactly what I was doing. Right. So I don't think this was, they should have just not said anything on that and should have left it because people were scared. I was seeing stuff like, oh, you could get up to, up to a year in jail if you're caught outside for a non-essential reason and stuff. And <laughs> I kind of got scared off that, not going to lie. <laughs> but, but I I'm never probably... saw anything like that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So, okay, real quick before we move on to the crazy stuff happening in the States, does this change anything for you, Solitaire Nina, in terms of what you've already been doing as your routine? Are you going to be changing your routine to try to, you know, be more in tune with the stay-at-home measures? What's, what changes for you, Nina? Um, my routine has pretty much already been stay at home. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't really change anything. What about you, Solitaire? No, it doesn't really change anything because, uh, I've been pretty much a hermit for the longest, uh, you know, for the past like six to seven months. Um, you know, I go to the studio when at my studio, it's, it's masks on, it's physical distance, 
you know, it's and it's limited numbers of people that's allowed. And then, you know, I'll, I'll go to the grocery store, which is essential. And, um, you know, I go to visit my parents. They're in my bubble. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. nothing, nothing really will change. No. Yeah, neither for me either, really. Like, um, again, I'm lucky that I can work from home. So I'm not I'm counting my blessings in that regard. But um, nothing's really going to change for me, per se. And I hope people are still taking care of their mental health and getting out when they can and not staying in. Yeah. Remember, you guys are not prisoners in your home, even though I think some people kind of perceive it that way, especially when you use terms like lockdown. Again, I wish they had just given that a little more thought. I can't believe people are getting critiqued for using defund the police and then they're throwing around stuff like lockdown. lockdown. Like it's and, it's not, and it's not even a real lockdown. Yeah, it's, it's insane to me anyways. Um, OK, so let's move on real quick and we'll we'll see how this goes. And uh, just again, people take care of your mental health. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. But it's been a crazy time in the United States with everything that happened last week, Wednesday, January 6th at the Capitol Hill. Have you guys been keeping an eye and paying attention and seeing what's been going on there since like, have you been just following the story basically? Understatement of the year, Ray Fox. <laughs> uh, I've been, you know, sorry to jump in, but I, I, uh, because of the mental health state that I've kind of been through like highs and lows, I've been taking it in, 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 in doses. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 up to I'm up to speed on the impeachment at least. Deuces. Nina, have you been following it? Uh, uh, involuntarily via my Twitter feed and Instagram feeds. Uh, it, that's it, though. It's really a crazy time in the states because what happened last week Wednesday it is a 9/11 level event in terms of something like that. The Capitol being stormed the way it was, especially at you know the goading of Donald Trump to his fans and all that. So. That whole incident sparked off four things about the states that they have been pretty much sweeping under the rug in terms of white supremacy, racism, and nationalism. Like a lot of racists, obviously, you saw them in the crowd wearing all sorts of T-shirts that were pretty much outing themselves, people carrying the Confederate flag and whatnot. It also highlights corrupt police. How did they get in so easily? The whole nine. These are all the things now that they're having to finally take a look at in the States that they've been pretty much turning a blind eye to forever, forever. Mm-hmm. So white supremacy, corrupt police, complicit politicians, those politicians that supported Donald Trump's lie are complicit in this as well. And social media, unchecked social media, Twitter. This had to be the last straw for Twitter in terms of them banning Donald Trump when people were asking them to ban him from time because of all the misinformation he's been pushing out on Twitter. So I actually want to start with that with you guys first, because that seems to be the ongoing conversation about social media. And we can look at all the crazy stuff that's happening in the States with the other things. But first of all, how did you guys feel about Twitter finally taking the step? And not just Twitter, obviously, but Facebook. And because of Facebook, Instagram as well. How do you feel about them finally taking the step with Donald Trump? And do you feel like this is the bad slippery slope thing that people say it is? And I'll start with you, Nina. Um, I just think, uh, I don't know, like, it's, it's too late, first of all, like, it should have been done from before. Um, but I do feel like when we're talking about the slippery slope, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we're talking about like freedom of speech and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if they, I do feel like if they had done it earlier, like in his first year or something, freedom of speech would have been a much more bigger like that would have been a, the bigger argument because it would have been like you're muting him for all of his years of presidency versus now it's like just his two weeks so i feel like 
yeah, it could have been done earlier, but it could have also been argued a lot harder with the whole freedom of speech, and it could have turned into a whole other the, well, crap part, show. Part of the problem that they had, though, with it being Donald Trump in particular, him being the president of the United States, what he says is newsworthy. So it, mm-hmm. it, I understand the dilemma that Twitter was in at the time in terms of whether or not they should ban him or not. Like, they can't... What, are they gonna, what if they want to ban Justin Trudeau or they want to ban, like, other world leaders? That's just a, not a good look from their perspective, even though no one anticipated someone like Donald Trump coming along. So how did you feel about it, Solitaire, when um, you heard about it? And do you, I'm sure you recognize, too, the slippery slope that we're eventually going to explore here. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I was torn. I was absolutely torn, real talk, because it is problematic. Now, there's, you know... I as I'm reading in and learning more about the situation there, you obviously have to understand number one, that Twitter is a private company right? and they do have the right to ban anybody that they see fit, but they have grown before, you know, when it was just kind of, nobody really knew what Twitter was. It was just this new form of expression and whatever it was like 140 characters. You can kind of, you know, say whatever you wanted to say to what it's to what it's grown into. I don't think anybody, even Jack Dorsey, the CEO, it grew into something that nobody anticipated. And it gave, it just so happened to give Donald Trump the platform for him to just shoot from the rafters and say any bat ish crazy thing that comes to his mind as the, the commander in chief of America. Um, so Personally, with my utter disdain for everything that Donald Trump represents, I was gleefully giddy. Right. Yeah. Because, well, you're happy because it's happening with him. But again, yeah, this is but... this is a serious issue, though, because it, Facebook and Twitter are platforms for billions of people. Like there are two billion people on Facebook alone. So isn't is that too much power for one person to have where if Mark Zuckerberg decides I don't want this person or this company or this country to have access to Facebook. And he can do that if he chooses to the same way, you know, Twitter can decide to say, okay, this person is no longer, you remove such a large platform for someone that you can, it's almost like you're making them disappear, at least from a social media perspective. So I'll turn back to you now, Nina, do you feel like this is, how do we deal with that kind of power? And should someone have that kind of power? Um, it's so hard to like say like because I don't know I just like if you look at it in terms of people who aren't Donald Trump like and who aren't necessarily spewing such ridiculous rhetoric then like I feel like it's different like you know but just because it's him it's like it makes it hard to like like you know when you say like one person of one group does something and then it paints the rest of the group with that same brush like I I feel like that's almost what's starting to happen here Mm. with donald right okay Mm. what about you solitaire do you feel like uh how do we deal with that how do we reckon with someone having this much power like a mark zuckerberg or you know dorsey being able to just basically remove someone from a platform if they so chose to (laughs) man i know i can solve a lot of problems but that's a (laughs) that's a tall order that you're asking already fox i i don't know i think Again, like that that's really one of the the kind of like the conundrums of, of platforms like Facebook and, and Twitter. They really there was no telling that they would become so powerful. So in hindsight, it is there's gotta be some way to implement some 
journalistic and fact-checking integrity into these things where people can't just shoot from the Raptors and, and you know, posit some insane conspiracy theories. But uh, it, it, is, it is, in one sense, too much power for one person to have to regulate people's speech. But it ultimately, it is a private platform. And right. if you, it's not... It's not censoring you from being able to say whatever you want. Like you're not getting arrested. You're not being put in jail for the things that you say on Twitter. You are being, if you're the president or you have influence over what people do, like they follow you, there is a responsibility there that you have when you can influence people's behavior. And I think maybe that's the determining factor. Right. Um, so yeah, it is, it is, it is too powerful. It, it is definitely a very frightening situation to, to, consider right and coming from donald trump as well the fact that he's saying that his speech is being limited when you literally can have a press conference whenever you want and people can come in will listen to every single word that you have to say you are not being censored in any way shape or form so that freedom of speech thing they're a private company you guys all clicked on that terms and agreements thing that you checked off you didn't read it none of us read it (laughs) i don't know anybody that ever reads it but when you click that Update to terms and services. What? How many pages? <laughs> Click agreed. Right. Yeah. No. So um, you you all agree to it. It's their company now. The thing is that people will say it's a double standard because obviously China has access to Twitter, and they're not a democratic society. So it doesn't become a thing like you're gonna silence people you disagree with from what you don't disagree with. Again, Donald Trump is such a unique case because he's inciting violence, or at least. Up until this point, it's pretty evident now that he has been, even though we've been seeing signs of this for four years. But um, it's just kind of come to a head with lo- what happened last week at Capitol Hill. Yeah. Listen, man, I, I uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, um, I'm, I am concerned. But again, like really and truly being banned from Twitter does not constitute censorship. It constitutes, hey, we don't want you in our in our party anymore get out security get this guy out but he has the biggest platform just like you said the bully the bully pulpit being the commander-in-chief of of the united states of america the most powerful country in the world twitter does not have the power to censor the president period right okay all right well real quick before um we wrap this up because time's flying already talking about this and we can go on and on about it but it's a big concern for what's happening in the states right now because um, they're expecting more violence, unfortunately, and Donald Trump has not publicly said, and I think what's really fueling the violence is that he's pretty much lied and said that he won the election, what they call it, they're calling it the big lie. They branded it the big lie because it pretty much is the biggest lie. That It's a lie that's already been proven, disproven in court multiple times. Only, only if you're sheeple and, you're list- and, you, and you listen to CNN and the mainstream media... Well, and all they publish are lies. They're all liars. Everything that the mainstream media says is lies. Right, but and that's why you believe that Donald Trump is lying. If that's why. If it wasn't for the fact that Republicans actually won on tickets that he was on, that alone just disqualifies this argument in the first place. You're but, using too much reason and rationale, Reddy Fox. Anyways. And critical thinking. But the, sorry, the I'm, only, being, I'm being facetious. Oh, by I the know. Way. But the only, the only way that the anger and potential violence could be tamped down and i don't know i think the genie's out of the bottle in this regard is if donald trump came out publicly and said i lost the election fair and square he continues to egg on these people in terms of saying that the election was stolen from you and in terms he's telling them that they're stealing your country from you 
and these people are amped up. So a lot of the details that came out from last Wednesday that we weren't aware of when we were doing the show last week, five people died, including a police officer. They've already made 120-plus arrests now, and hundreds more are expected to come. They're getting tons. The FBI is getting so many um, digital tips. And a lot of people outed themselves. Like, it's insane to me how many people literally did selfies, posted stuff. You're you're committing felony crimes, and you're posting it on social it's called, media. It's called white privilege. You think you're going to get away with it. I actually think it's stupidity. Yeah, that comes hand in hand. <laughs> so they also found two pipe bombs. They found homemade napalm. They found Molotov cocktails um, where people photographed with zip ties. Police were taking selfies with people. There were off-duty police officers. Some of them have been arrested as well. People were chanting, hang Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, because they believed he could overturn the election, even though he couldn't. Um, some of the people, the congressmen that were hiding in their offices, said that they had panic buttons removed from their offices. They also said that they saw people getting tours the day before that shouldn't have been in the Capitol Hill. So it's just adding up to this huge thing that's going to be investigated for years and years to come. But it feels like America is finally coming to its reckoning. This, this is really what it feels like. They've decided to ignore this white supremacy racism issue that they've had going on. There's domestic violence issue. And now it's coming to roost. How do you guys feel about what you're seeing happening? I still feel like it's not as like, they haven't come to terms with it as much as, as it's like it, it just, yeah like it, it's not it has not been blown up as much as like i don't know like when when the black lives matter protests were happening and they were looting and stuff and rioting like um and whatever like that was blown up more than this was in my opinion and i'm on social media like literally all day and like this i just see the aftermath of it, the arrest but i still don't see anything being like oh wow like America finally had to take a look at itself like well like I just feel like it wasn't as impactful because of the color of the people who were doing it mm. like and you see how you keep saying it's like the 9-11 whatever no one's ever like I agree with that but no one's ever gonna come out and say that an American person is ever gonna come out and say that because these people weren't brown like you know what I mean like they weren't considered the color of what a terrorist is deemed as in in media and so yeah I just I feel like it's just not it's just it's it's not i'm not impressed with how it's been covered um, by the media i guess for the most part yeah and and just the way that it's been perceived right. to the public okay well solitaire do you feel like uh, the states are finally taking that hard look in the mirror i think some people are i think the republicans who finally voted to imp to impeach donald trump i think there's some there is uh, there are some politicians that that actually do have a soul to search, and they're they're doing that. But um, I guess I mean I'm not I haven't been on social media all day like Nina, but I think that to <laughs> to kind of <laughs> to address to address that point of not feeling like there's that intensity uh, around the situ around the situation. I would attribute that to the fact that there's so many, like, that's just one of the crazy things that's happening right now. You know okay. what I mean? We're, whether it's locally dealing with these, these lockdowns and the spike in numbers and, and, you know, who to believe about the vaccine, um, you know, 
politicians saying one thing, doing another, like there's so it's like sensory overload. So yeah. I think it's kind of hard for people to, to really take stock of how serious that situation is. I think it's just, I think it's just overload. Okay. Well, it is, it is a pretty serious situation and um, we're all wrapped up here for politics as usual, but just leading forward, coming up to the inauguration for the 20th, um, they've ramped up obviously security at Capitol Hill. There's 20,000, 20,000 plus troops now, national guard troops in the Capitol and more are likely on the way. The FBI put out an internal bulletin out saying basically that they're warning that there might be armed protests planned at the U.S. Capitol plus all 50 state capitals ahead of the inauguration anytime between, the, Sunday. anytime between the 16th and the 20th. So I hope it's not as bad as they're preparing for it to be. But honestly, you know what it makes me think of? And without the superpower stuff of it, but Watchmen. Like I've been really thinking about Watchmen, about how it's coming to a point where it almost feels like it might be a bit of an internal war in the states between white supremacy and the police state. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I, if you guys haven't watched Watchmen, watch it. <laughs> it's a uh, the it's new pretty, one, the new one, that the new one, the HBO out. series, the one series, the one season with uh, Regina King, and um, it's it's it really it's feels intense. like life is starting to imitate art in this situation here. So um, that's it for politics as usual. Uh, I hope I hope it's not going to be as bad as things are appearing to be, but. The well, states have to have its reckoning, man. I'll tell you, the season finale of America is going to be lit. <laughs> Super lit. All right, Ready Fox, thanks for that engaging discussion during politics as usual. Right now, it is time for us to pay some bills and take a mental break from <laughs> all the distress. <laughs> for those of you who are tuned into the radio, stay tuned. We'll be right back. For those of you on the podcast, stay with us. Yeah. I, um... I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I try, you know, back to that question about like how much you've been paying attention. I, tr- you know, to be informed specifically for talking about it on the show, because you know, we got to talk about, you know, something as significant as that, but I've been taking it in doses. And to be honest with you, I haven't, I've, I've pulled back from watching the news reports about it. And I just watch Jimmy Kimmel, I watched Stephen Colbert, I watched Seth, um, what's his name? Seth Myers. Seth oh. Myers, because it's just at least they're they're giving you the like the the actual facts of what's happening, but the comedic take makes it a lot easier, easier to, to digest, kind of reckon, reckon with it. Right. But um, yeah, I, I'm not watching the news about it to be honest with you. Like I'll I'll, I'll get the like, you know. The, the point forms of what's happening and what they're anticipating, but right. the, the hot takes, I, I can't. Honestly, this is now, now I can watch the news and pay attention to this. The reason why I tuned out the news before is because in all honesty, it wasn't hard. Per, like it was bad to see what happened at the Capitol, but it was cops versus racists. So it was like, you know, it's not like I was seeing. What about the, what do you like? What do you, what do you make about the, you know, and a lot of like right wing conservative media outlets are like, yo, it wasn't, it wasn't right. Like people saying oh, they've already it was racist that. or racist. And they're talking about there was actually, there were black people in the audience as well. There were black people that went to there. But they're saying that's, that is the but, proof positive that it wasn't just no, no. about racism. No, they're dumb. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even acknowledging that. Fuck that shit. Because we all, like, there have been, any black person that Donald Trump could pedal out in front of a camera to show, hey, I'm not racist, he did that shit. So don't bring that shit to me at all. But yeah, no, this is it, man. This is like the thing too, why I'm fascinated by this now is because it's not innocent 
black people that is in the line of fire right now. This is the police state versus white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And I'm paying attention as much as I can because they're finally coming to their reckoning now with this. They have to deal with this shit now. They saw so many ex-cops and ex-military in that crowd that they were like, how many on-duty guys are in our midst? And black cops in the Capitol Hill department have been – they said, we've been trying to tell you guys for years – we have racists in our midst and they were ignored. Mm-hmm. Right. So now it's finally coming out where the military has to root out all the racists in the ranks. Police have to do that now as much as they can. I don't know if they will, but That's I mean, what I was going to say, I don't think they actually will do that. Who knows? But the oh. thing is that everyone's on their P's and Q's now, if somewhat, if I, I guess you got to kind of hide your racist tendencies if you don't want to get outed right now, because you know, shit is hot right now. But I'm telling you, like, this is, in a lot of ways, this is amazing. The two most important things that I think have happened for the civil rights movement is George Floyd's murder and what happened last week Wednesday. That's a good point. That's Seriously. a good point. I, I, I think uh, the problem, I would say, that compounds that is how polarized we are in how we communicate with each other, whether you're uh, right-leaning or left-leaning, the discourse has become completely disjointed if it exists at all. I blame the politicians, you know, and, and just like us, like just people like regular people in society, because you either agree with my perspective or you either like, if you, if you watch, you, you know, you don't believe it unless you see it on CNN or you don't believe it unless you watch mainstream media. And I get all my news from alternative media because I'm, that's where the real truth exists. Like when you have a complete and utter breakdown where a segment of the population is completely disenfranchised from mainstream media, um, that's a problem. But, and, and, that's not, and that's not necessarily their fault. That's mainstream media's fault as well. Like blame, everybody's complicit in it. I blame the politicians more than anybody else because if the politicians would have less divisive conversations between them, like this Aaron O'Toole guy right now, he's going to do the same type of playbook type shit that Donald Trump did. Maybe not as such a brazen degree, but this thing here that I put on our share page, like this Take Back Canada, that's dog whistle talk for racists again take back canada who are you taking back canada from canada like unless you're taking it back for the indigenous people who the fuck are you just about to say that (laughs) like who are you taking back canada from or whatever so but this that type of language and that subtle dog whistle shit needs to stop needs to stop like they're taking the go go ahead nina no i was gonna say something stupid you go first (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Anyways. we want to hear this podcast say it i was gonna say they're taking it back from the you people that don cherry was referring to which got him fired <laughs> right that yeah, wasn't that's... stupid that was witty well done <laughs> yeah well that's true but um yeah so but that's the thing like if our politicians regardless of what the media does if people see their politicians especially if you're conservative and you see aaron o'toole engaging with justin trudeau on a meaningful conversation type thing that would make a difference, regardless of what the media reports. Um, I also I was gonna say, you know, did you guys see the thing of Doug Ford being named as the Proud Boys Proud Boy of the Month? Oh yeah, I think that happened in the past or whatever. Yeah. Oh, was it in the past? I, I don't think it was sure. recent. I I thought it was recent and yeah. I was like, and cause Christine Horwath or whatever, she posted it and I was, she's like, he needs to address this. And I was like, yeah, he does need to address it. Cause if he, if he doesn't say nothing, then, then like, I bet I think that's something that happened like 
two years or three years ago or whatever. And because the heat is on now, people are bringing that stuff up now kind of thing. Right. So he should uh, still address it possibly. I think but so too. I don't know. He doesn't have to. It. He doesn't have to. But maybe, maybe, maybe he believes that there's good people on, on all on, on many sides. He might, but he's not stupid enough to say it publicly. He's not Donald <laughs> Trump. He's whatever you say about Doug Ford. He's not as dumb as Donald Trump. He That's a hundred percent facts. He's much more. He's, he's like he is like Albert Einstein compared to Donald. I mean, we're all Albert <laughs> Einstein compared to Donald Trump. Man, the bar's so fucking low for that guy. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we got we got to um get back into radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. Uh, you're tuned into hashtag live right here on Vibe 105 and. You know, the radio portion is lit, but the podcast version is super lit. So if you missed the show, or even if you're listening right now, make sure that you follow up and listen to the podcast so you can get the hot takes in between time and in the meantime. And the singing. Right about, and the singing and, you know, and the curses that we can't say on the radio. It's and great. the gossip. Oh, yeah, the gossip is hot. <laughs> gossip is hot. Anyway, uh, let's get into some music. I usually... You know, once upon a time, the music segment was kind of like a way to decompress and have some fun and talk about fun and music, but it's gotten a lot heavier recently. So I don't know what's in store. So I'm going to just throw it over to you, Nina, and let us know what's going on in music news. Okay. So um, I actually want you to start off with the first story. Oh, um, yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Because I thought, yeah, you put that in there and I thought it was, it was definitely worth talking about. So you could start off with that one. So uh, the inaugural Sirius XM Black canadian music awards um five musicians have been recognized at the inaugural awards um five black canadian musicians they were selected by a jury of their peers as recipients of the inaugural uh sirius xm black canadian music awards the prize launched in association with the socal foundation recognizes artistic merit from black songwriters and composers across the country this year's winners were hip-hop artist toby uh for our loyal listeners who have been with us for a while, uh, back when we used to do Solly Spotlight, when we were live in the radio and in the studio and everything was fun, <laughs> uh, I actually featured him as one of my uh, one of my Solly Spotlights. So look back on that. So he's one of the recipients. Rapper Naya Ali, R&B singer. You also featured Naya Ali before too, I believe. Possibly, I I'm going to say yes. Why not? That that would make me like uh, well, that's like. Uh, 20 that's like 40 percent of the winners that i predicted right you're, there you're so, a prophet you're a music prophet i'm awesome <laughs> um r&b singer songwriter uh, raheem hana and dylan st Clair. each of them will receive a five thousand dollar prize so congratulations to them and shouts out to sirius xm and socan foundation for recognizing black canadian musical talent because there's so much out there. Yeah, and can I just send a big shout out to a couple of the judges that were part of the people that picked the winners? Um, DJ oh, you, Agile. You know the judges? Well, DJ Agile was one of the judges, so big shouts out to him. Oh, awesome. And Craig, Big awesome. C. Big C Craig Mannix was one of the judges for that too. So big shouts out to Big C. Well, there C. you go. There you go. You see that? You see when you put qualified people with musical taste and, and experience on a panel to decide what's good music. There you go. Um, you that did feature it. Naya Ellie. Google her and you'll remember. You featured her. I just looked her up. 40%, baby. See, I was ahead of the curve. You know, shouts out to Agile and Big C, but let them know what I already knew. <laughs> All right, continue um, on. 
Okay, so uh, this is kind of like a little funny. Uh, so Lil Wayne and Kodak Black were allegedly on Donald Trump's list of pardons. Um, <laughs> So apparently Donald Trump was preparing a long list of pardons for the day before Biden's inauguration, including himself. I don't know how he, I didn't know it was legal. to Don't even dig into that. That's a whole legal quandary that doesn't make any sense. I was very conflicted with that. Um, What is he? Little Wayne. I don't get this. Oh, I'll explain. So so it includes himself, some of his family members, several senior White House officials and Little Wayne and Kodak Black. So right now, Kodak Black is in the middle of serving an almost four year sentence. um, And he's reached out to Trump via Twitter asking for a pardon for a while now, uh, along with some help from Lil Yachty and Baltimore Raven star Lamar Jackson. Kodak also said uh, that he would promise to donate a million dollars to charity if he was released uh, in a now deleted tweet. Now, Lil Wayne, so he showed his support for Trump back in November, which we all saw after meeting with him and posing for a picture, which he then posted to Twitter endorsing Trump. But it looks like that could help him out now because he was recently arrested for having a gun on him as a convicted felon and could face up to 10 years. Um, but Trump got impeached. So I don't think this is going to work out for them. Well, the thing, the, just real quick, the fact that he got impeached, he still has presidential powers. So he has to get convicted and removed by the Senate for him to not be able to help him, which again, he's going to not be president, hopefully by the 20th anyways. But we were hoping that they would have gotten him out of power before that. So he still has his presidential power. So he could still help Little Wayne as long as he doesn't get convicted by the Senate. And himself, he could still. I can't. I, that that one just doesn't that I don't sense. understand. But uh, so you're still cool with Little Wayne, Nina? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say it with your chest, Nina. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, it just the Carter three. You can't. You just, <laughs> you just can't. Listen, listen. All you have to do is give Nina a classic hip hop album and you can do anything you want and she'll forgive you for it. This kind of goes back to my point. You know, he yet has he said some utterly ridiculous things? Yes. Many times. Yeah. Many times. We're going to get into that in the next story, too, by the way, but continue. Yeah. I'm not, you know, uh, I'm with you, Nina. I mean, I. I'm not a fan. That that rock album is out of here. Get no, that. it's oh. nope, 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 nope. It's crap. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm. You know, I'm not. But the, just the fact that Donald, the president, of <laughs> so when would you ever think United States makes a point to pardon Lil Wayne? Like, just, <laughs> just, that, that sentence perfect. alone sounds ridiculous. It, it, thank you. That's what I'm saying. Like, think about when when uh, the block is hot or the Carter initially dropped. Did you ever think we'd be looking at a day where Donald Trump would be pardoning Lil Wayne? It's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Telling you guys, life is a movie right now. Um, okay, so Royce the Five Nine uh, says that he's embarrassed a little bit about his Grammy nomination. So. Mm. In a recent interview on Ebro's Apple Music show, The Message, Royce the Five Nine opened up about not being entirely proud of his recent Grammy nomination for Best Rap Album for The Allegory. Have you guys listened to that album? No. Allegory. No, uh, I have not. Oh, I've listened to, I've heard songs of, but I mean, Royce is incredible. Um, okay, so Royce told Ebro that it feels cool. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm a little bit embarrassed because I'm one of those guys who was like, F the Grammys, and I'm totally like, I'm messing with the Grammys this year. So... <laughs> 
right and we kind of touched on that before too remember Wiz Khalifa was all like yep. it's always through the Grammys until you get nominated exactly so Royce also so spoke on Little Wayne and the controversial comment he made back in 2016 when he said racism doesn't exist Royce said that cash money has walked billions of dollars into Universal since they got signed in 97 and you can't tell him that you feel like Universal has been protecting Little Wayne uh, Royce went on to speak on Wayne's recent charges saying being famous early for a black person is crippling my brother you're going to jail for the second time the first time you went to prison you went for a gun that wasn't even on you that's racism little Wayne mm. um I don't know I just feel like this this whole yeah we don't mess with the Grammys but then when they nominate us it's like okay yeah we mess with them I feel like that's why we can never actually boycott the Grammys like right like people have been saying for years um but with little wayne's charges i forgot did you guys hear about how over the christmas break he sold his drake's and Nicki minaj's masters for a hundred million dollars yep i heard, I about, heard that. about that is that real yep <laughs> yeah it's crazy <laughs> so, it's crazy it's insane it's insane it's crazy it literally includes all of drake's music up until 2020 that's insane he started releasing things under OVO. That alone is worth three hundred million. Exactly, and it includes all of Nicki's music and all of Tyga's music. It's those three that he sold. <laughs> now the question is, he sold? Did he sold? Did he sell the rights to like the entire catalog? Does he still retain like a, a royalty from it, or is it just like all he sold all the rights? I think he you know sold all the rights. I think all the rights. It was all to. It was all in a deal with Universal. Oh, man. He's on drugs, isn't he? It has to be. I heard, I was speaking to um, Apollo about this. Apollo is a co-host of a podcast I do. And uh, he was saying that he believes it has something to do with the whole potential 10-year sentence and how if he makes the deal somehow it could make it better for him. I don't, I didn't really quite understand that. That sounds like conspiracy theory stuff, but <laughs> it sounds to me that he's afraid he's going to go to jail soon. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to, what his earning potential is going to be so he's like cashing out as much as he can like he's stockpiling money right now before he i guess potentially goes to jail yeah that's the only thing that makes sense but it still doesn't make sense that you would sell a catalog that includes all of drake drake's music alone Mm -hmm. is worth 400 million probably that's a good guess but i would say like when you're talking about you know songs that can be played that will can and will be played forever and ever everywhere around the world i'd probably put i would i would go like eight figures on that like a billy yeah i was thinking that too i feel like it's just it's way more than 100 million for for sure sure. for sure especially when you consider that it's drake and Nicki minaj like yep it's i don't know that sounds like a desperation move on little wayne's part because he thinks he's going to jail soon I just want one of them to come out and speak about it. Like, I get it. Wayne put them on, and that was, like, their guy who who helped get them to where they are. But, like, this is all types of levels of wrong and disloyal. Like, I want one of them to come out and be like, yeah, this was messed up. He really did this crap, and I'm over it. Right. And, Nina, can I just ask real quick again? So you're still a fan of Lil Wayne, and you're still a fan of Tory Lanez, too, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I I would... (laughs) Reddy Fox is not impressed. <laughs> uh, I would say that um, if I was in Drake's camp, my move would be to go and buy my publishing, like like buy the rights to all my music now. Because guess what, Drake can afford it. That's true. I didn't think about that. 
Um, that'd be a good opportunity for them to do that. That is very true. Um, and the Dr. Dre saga continues. Uh, his estranged wife is now claiming that he was abusive and held her at gunpoint. <laughs> So a few days before his brain aneurysm, Nicole Young allegedly filed court documents detailing the alleged abuse and trauma she suffered at the hands of Dr. Dre. She claims that Dre held a gun to her head in January of 2000 and November of 2001. She also says that Dre punched her in the face twice during a time between 99 to 2000. Nicole says that in 2016, Dr. Dre kicked down their bedroom door where she was hiding because he was angry and claims that she has PTSD from the abuse she suffered in the relationship. During our marriage, I considered calling the police several times, but as I fell deeper into the abusive relationship, my fear of Andre outweighed any confidence I had that the police could help me, Nicole says in the court documents. Not good. Ready? What did you say? I was as I was writing the story. I was trying to remember what did you say again last week that like it made sense about why you um, didn't see her as a bad guy anymore. Oh, I I really can't remember. But just speaking to this story that you're saying right now, he's got a history apparently of being abusive. His mm-hmm. uh, dating uh, what was the artist name there? Michelle. Dream I- Hampton. Oh, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. That Michelle do- Dream Hampton. There's a lot of stories out there about so- about him abusing. Yeah, so when I see this story and you detailing this now, um, I'm not surprised, I guess, really. And again, that this is part of the thing that I don't like when I see artists who are still alive who have control over their biopic pictures coming out. Because mm-hmm. even when you look at Straight Outta Compton, he made himself look like an angel throughout the entire thing. Like, you know, again, he wasn't that angelic personality amongst that group of characters for those years. I just don't buy that. So... Again, the stories that we've heard about him being abusive with other women in the past, this is not a surprise for me as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Salter, any thoughts on this one? Yeah. I, listen, um, this, is not, this is not out of character for Dr. Dre. I don't know. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to take a, a, a side. The only thing I would say is I am absolutely uh, unequivocally against the abuse of women uh, violence, um, d- domestic violence is, you know, it's atrocious. It's, dis- it's you know, it's despicable. So um, I think that was, maybe you were talking about me because I was saying I didn't think her ask of $2 million a month in um, in payments for, what is it called again? Yeah. Um, um, alimony. Yeah. I, I was not as hard line. Yeah, I think it was solitaire. Maybe it was you, yeah. And uh, I'm still I think, against it. you know, it, it, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not against it, and I think you know, especially when you you know, I didn't. I wasn't even really thinking about addressing th- that aspect of what she dealt with in the relationship. And you know, we're not in the home. We are only hearing what people speculate about. We're only hearing the he say, she say. But I will say, based on what I've heard, like you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. I, I don't think that this. I don't think that her allegations are that far fetched. Which further makes me say. Get as much get as you can. Million, get your $2 million a month. And it's not like you're sending him to the poor house by doing that. So. And I do yeah. change my position on that. If Obviously, if these allegations that she's bringing towards him are true, then yeah, get as much money as you absolutely can from him or whatever. And well, again, we don't, we're not privy to the facts. But again, just from what we've heard about how he's been in the past with in past relationships, this is not far-fetched. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it really isn't. Yeah. yeah, I feel like this this divorce is it never this divorce case is never going to end at this rate. It just keeps going. Um, 
so anyways, onto something a little more exciting. Um, Cardi B has landed a starring role in a new movie called Assisted Living. Mm. So after she made her acting debut back in 2019 in the feature film Hustlers starring J-Lo, Constance Wu, Kiki Palmer, and Lily Reinhart, and more, recently she recently got a role in the ninth installment of the Fast and Furious series and will be also starring in a new Paramount film called Assisted Living. Cardi will play the role of Amber, a petty thief who gets in trouble after a robbery gone wrong. While she tries to hide from the cops and her old gang, she disguises herself as an old woman and hides in her estranged grandmother's nursing home. The film is said to be a... How do you say this word? Raucous. 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 Wow. I went to university, you guys. (laughs) Raucous comedy (laughs) with a tremendous heart, similar to movies like Tootsie, Sister Act, and Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) Did you guys watch Hustlers when it came out? Yeah, I watched it. I kind of fell asleep watching it. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, I was watching it at home, and I, I don't remember half of it, to be honest with you. Um, Solitaire, did you like it? I, I watched it. It was cool. It was cool. Oh, I really liked it. I was like, I felt so empowered after watching it. Maybe I need it. to watch oh. it again. <laughs> Not to become a stripper, just... Just woman <laughs> empowerment. It just looked so majestical. Like, all the stuff that they're able to do. And I was like, wow. And then I watched it again with my boyfriend because I just, I liked it so much. Mm. How did he like it? He liked it. Mm, okay. <laughs> But I think I like it more. Right. How do you think uh, you Cardi felt, B's... You felt, you, you felt empowered? Yeah. How do you think Cardi B's going to be as an actress doing this? This is actually a pretty smart role for her, actually. I think this... That's can... what I was going to say. I think she'll actually be decent in this. Like, it, it's supposed to be funny. And she's... she's uh, if I'm Hilarious. Just... She yeah, seems she's like a... she's got a great personality, great sense of humor. I hope she can pull this off, actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Or at least seeing if it does well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to watch it. Have you guys seen her Facebook show? Uh, it's Cardi Tries. No. That what? one is... It's it's funny. So basically, she tries all these different things. It's on Facebook. I haven't watched it, but I've seen clips. So she goes and tries all these different things from ballet classes. I believe it was basketball with Dwayne Wade. Um, and then uh, a bunch of... Oh, race car driving and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like, she just like being herself like she's freaking out over the littlest things and playing basketball with her 15 inch long nails and like yeah it's it's pretty uh pretty funny to see the cardi yeah cardi definitely will have a lifelong career in entertainment because she has zero filter and that's usually a very good condition for somebody to have to be entertaining to others yeah and because she started out with vine and stuff too where she was like being her zero filtered self which is pretty cool (laughs) Um, so, okay, so Keisha Cole and Ashanti versus Battle gets another new date. So after being rescheduled the first time, because Ke- Ashanti tested positive for COVID-19, then being oh, rescheduled... Oh, is that what happened? Wait, 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 wait. You didn't know that? No. You don't remember the very, that? The very no. first time it got rescheduled, she had COVID. I knew it was, I heard it was postponed, but I did not hear about her having COVID. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. She had COVID. Did we, did we talk about it on the show? Yes. I don't I don't I, that's the only way I would know about it. <laughs> of course, we spoke about it on the show. Touche to, about her having COVID. I know we spoke about the verses being canceled, but I didn't. I don't remember her. Yes, having, man. Anyway, yeah, yeah. She yeah. has. She had COVID the first time. Um, she and still then they has were like, it. No, it. no, she doesn't still have it. Oh, okay. She's cured. <laughs> she said she's cured. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> she, she was because the reason they didn't do it was because Ashanti's like I'm so good to do it like from my place Keisha does it from her place and Keisha's like no I want to like hug you and whatever and blah 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 but that's not going to happen now anyways because they rescheduled it a second time um because of the rising COVID cases and versus is like no like we got to keep everyone safe so we're going to go back to doing it with that old format where you're in one spot and she's in the other so now the date is set yet again for next Thursday, January 21st at 8 p.m. Um, like I said, it won't be done in person because of the rising cases. Um, so back to their original format from March. I know we're going to be recording at that time, um, but would you guys, are you guys going to check it out after? Are you going to, would you have liked to tune in? Like Keisha Cole hmm. and Ashanti. Hmm. I'm not really a huge fan of either of them. They, To me, they... Ashanti had I haven't listened to a full Keisha Cole album per se and I only listened to Ashanti's first album which was good but Mm -hmm. um I'm not a big fan of either there's enough to be interested in in it and I actually still think Ashanti should win this anyways actually to be honest with you okay solitaire I mean are there any real are there any real winners is it it's not even a battle but I would say um being petty uh, I think Ashanti overachieved as an R&B artist. I think, you know, she has a nice sounding voice. It's cool. But I think singing wise, Keisha Cole blows her out of the water. But song like hit for hit, Ashanti's got more hits that I'm aware of. And um, I would not watch this battle even if we weren't recording the show. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's, you know, it's, it's not a battle. And uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of of, of either of them. I've a, I'm a fan of individual songs that they have, but if I had to pick somebody, I'd pick Keisha Cole because she she's a much better singer. She's a better yeah. singer, but she doesn't have more hits than Ashanti. You don't think no, so? No, I might no, we're close. No, we're close. No. Are you wait? Can you remind me of some Ashanti hits? Oh, I don't know. Um, I can't give you song titles right now, but she just has more hits than Keisha Cole. I'm sure of it. And she and like not to mention all the stuff that she collaborated with Ja Rule on. Like she's got a lot more. You know, she sang the chorus on "What's Love." Ashanti Fat should. Joe. Yeah, she should win this easily. Actually, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Maybe, um, maybe I just need to look up uh, what song she sings. But I kind of thought Keisha would have won this, to be honest. As a, if you're talking about like actual skill, then yes. No, I was talking hits. Yeah, she's a better singer than Ashanti, but Ashanti's got more hits. Yeah, Ashanti's yeah, Ashanti's definitely got more mainstream like hit records that people would be familiar with. Nina, we we only have a few Maybe minutes not left. You, Nina. Nina, we only have a few minutes. Can we touch on this real quick? I don't know yeah. if you guys saw this. Funkmaster Flex, he basically said that Drake is a better rapper than Jay Z. I don't know. Did you guys see this? Yeah, no, he said Drake would be a better rapper than Jay Z if he didn't get exposed for having a ghostwriter. Oh, oh, right. Okay, so. Um, I want to ask you guys about this. What do you think? Do you, does there is there any credence to this? Especially asking you, Solitaire, who's a fan of both of Drake and Jay Z. Does he have anything here in terms of saying that Drake is a better rapper than Jay Z? If you want to throw out the fact that he had a ghostwriter or that he's been accused of having a ghostwriter. Uh, oh man, the way, that's a the way Funk Master that's a Flex- big. The way he put it too, he was like, he's got more, like he can sing, he's got more songs, he can rap. But to me, that's not speaking to rapper in terms of bar. But he said he's got bars too, which is true for Drake. So, what do you say? Ah, oh, man, 
You're putting me on the spot, Reddy Fox. I'm under pressure. I'm under pressure here because you're talking about my favorite artist of all time versus somebody who was really like, you know, I have a lot of affirma- uh, admiration for his uh, high level of productivity and content. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do you can't, they're, they're, two different, they're two different career paths. Bar for bar, I would, I think for me, answer is Jay-Z. I would disagree just because content wise in terms of food for thought and actually contributing to the culture see that's what's important to you exhibiting growth uh as a man like being uh, you know self-reflective i think jay-z has done that way more than drake probably ever will to be honest with you i think drake and drake has said this himself he wants to be a pop star like that was he wants to be in the same mentioned in the same breath as Michael Jackson, whereas Hove was like, I'm a rapper, right? Hip hop. <clears throat> so it's not a fair comparison. I, I, I give I give the edge to Hove, but I definitely give my you know tip my hat to Drake. He is he will go down at the end of his career, top five that are alive. Really, eh? you think it's gonna go down top five? Wow. Okay. Well, I, I, I would I would put him up there. Yeah. See, we have the same similar bar for what uh, we're gonna top say. five artists top five artists in hip-hop maybe not like you know hip you know you can kind of break it down but like right, top five. Well, artists but this is what i'm breaking it down when someone says greatest rapper i'm thinking you're talking about their emceeing bar skills the whole nine or whatever but i also want to add in that you need the substance in there as well for me which jay-z has in spades versus drake right so that's why Absolutely. i'll always pick jay-z over drake but if you were to say just entertainer then drake obviously is a mm-hmm. better entertainer than Jay-Z is because he cares about that stuff. Like he's part of the whole showmanship thing for him is important, right? As opposed to Jay-Z, that's more of a traditional hip hop MC. So I still go Jay-Z, with Jay-Z though. Yeah, Jay-Z shows up with his sunglasses on and lets his records do all the talking. Yeah, it's not a it's not actually an enjoyable visual experience or in that regard <laughs> watching Jay-Z perform. Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right and that concludes oh sorry, unless no. you had lunch. No, that, I, I was going to say that. <laughs> you go. <laughs> Perfect. That's our music segment. Thanks, Nina, for curating that for us. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to depart right now to pay some bills. For those of you who are listening to us on the radio, stay tuned. For those of you listening to the podcast, please stay with us. Yeah, I would definitely say, like, as far as, you know, and God knows that Jay-Z is like, I have so much admiration and love for him, but I will say that I have seen as much Jay-Z concerts as I need to see. One is enough. One is enough. (laughs) One is most certainly enough. And, you know, not everybody's going to bat a thousand in every column of criteria. And Jay-Z is just like, but the the thing about him is his records speak for for themselves. So it's like, it's, it's just the music, but he's not a performer by any stretch. I actually saw Jay Z too, but yeah, in concert with Beyonce for the On the Run tour. Oh right, right. But right. didn't it feel like to you during that show that he was just the just there and rapping? No, yeah. but he when I watched them perform <laughs> at a concert or whatever, Jay Z is almost like the intermissions in between Jay- Beyonce. <laughs> you know, you know why you know why you felt like it was almost like that. Because that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see that, yeah. Like, like it just 
she's out there. She's dancing. She's doing all this stuff. She's choreography the whole nine. And then when Jay comes out, it's just him there just, you know, doing his thing and all that stuff or whatever. And then when he's done, she comes out and it's a whole production, big number, dancing and everything. Exactly what I recall happening when Drunken Love came on. And I was like, oh, okay. But, like, I didn't expect anything different. Like, I expected that. Yeah. I'm not really a diehard Jay-Z fan either. I like their relationship. He's the greatest. I mean, to, Jay-Z yeah. is the greatest hip-hop artist of all time. It's not even questionable. It's not even and questionable. I, I, and I want you to know, Nina, that Hove himself was aware that he was the intermission between Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Believe me, he was aware. And he's like, hey, man, do your thing. She's the greatest entertainer on the planet. Right Hands now, down. she she has been she for the last fifteen to twenty years. She has been the greatest entertainer on the planet. Yeah, she's pretty good. I'm trying to think who. <laughs> Kanye's no, put on some. Kanye's put on so many concerts. Like I'm trying to think who else. Like like Justin Bieber was pretty good too. He's he's good, but he's no Beyonce. <laughs> pretty good, like like he was like in the sky on this heart thing in 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 the stadium going through the See, top. I'll, for me i will say i will say that i've heard that kanye like that glow in the dark tour like the the people that i've heard who went to that show and said it was the greatest concert they've ever been to that's one concert i regret i never had the opportunity to see see the thing with the kanye thing i will say the reason why it was a, probably an amazing concert was the production value and the thought he probably put into it but for me when you're going to see someone as an entertainer or not, it has to be like almost the trifecta of not just stage production, but also can they dance and can they sing? Because that's like the ultimate entertainer to me. Like, and I guess I go use Michael Jackson as the standard bearer of the greatest entertainer of all time per se, that you have to be able to dance and you have to be able to sing, which Justin Timberlake can do, which obviously Beyonce can do as well. So like, there's not a lot of people. Bieber, Bieber, not Timberlake. Oh, you said Bieber or, T- or Timberlake? Yeah, not Timberlake, Bieber. Oh, he well, he can't dance. <laughs> he no. can, yes, Sorry. he can. He's a, he was a dancer. He's if you go back on can his he, old YouTube videos, he was a dancer. Can he Justin Timberlake dance? Um, I don't really think I've seen Justin Timberlake dance. He can boogie. Honest. Excuse you? He can I don't think, boogie. I don't think ever Justin Timberlake can boogie. Did you say you've never seen Justin Timberlake dance? I don't think so. No, I'm furious. Nina, I'm okay. furious. We're gonna let's just move on to the radio time now. <laughs> we might have to. We might have to strike this from yeah, the record. She's pissing me off now. <laughs> let's. I can't believe what she just said. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. Bless your heart, Nina. No, bless man. Don't bless that shit, man. Don't. Let's just start radio. I can't. But I will just, Justin just like Timberlake, before we get to radio, he can boogie, Nina. I just he's a, he's don't think I've ever seen him. Like, I don't think I've ever looked at a video of Justin Timberlake dancing. He has a, Justin Timberlake has a song called Dance With Me. Yeah, I know that song. <laughs> no, but that, that's, Have you seen the video? It's him by himself dancing. The I whole video. I don't seen the video. You know who yeah. else can is a good entertainer that I never got to see is Chris Brown. Yeah. Dance yeah, of course he can dance his out. He's he's a close to another. Yeah, he's actually in that category of people. Usher's another one. That Janet Jackson. There's a Janet lot. There's Jackson. a lot. Of there's people. yeah, but again, but how many are them? Different generations. Right now? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're we're literally going through the decades of entertainers to say that stuff, you know. But yeah, I need that stuff. I need all those the three things that have to be checked off. You have to be able to dance. You have to be able to sing, and the production value has to be there. Uh, I just have to like you. 
Yeah, you know, uh, let me let me kind of let me let me push back on that because you the, you remove a lot of hip hop performers that are great, like Busta Rhymes. He's not a dancer, but he's an incredible performer. puts on an incredible show. The dancing, like it does to me, it doesn't necessarily have to include singing, dancing, and production. It just has to be something that's a well thought out show. Sure, yeah, a well thought out show. You know what I mean? I don't think it ha- they have too. to be a dancer per se. That's that's you know that excludes a lot of people. Celine Dion can dance. You know. what? <laughs> I'll take Whitney that back Houston too. Cannot dance. I will take that back as well too because that's true because Bruce Springsteen to get out of the urban thing of it for a sec doesn't dance but he's a great entertainer. Phenomenal. Super entertainer. So yeah. Phenomenal. But we got to finish this up. Let's right. be done with this. Good morning ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. As you can clearly tell, this is the greatest conversation on the planet. Welcome back to Hashtag Live right here on Vibe 105. Yours truly solitaire. DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. And uh, we're in the final stretch. And we're happy happy about that. And uh, to start off this last segment, we're going to announce today's boss. I need, uh, Randy, when you're doing the production, I need you to get a sample of Rick Ross saying boss (laughs) as the sound drop for this segment. Boss, of course, we're talking about Black-owned Spotlight. Nina wants 10%. I respect the gumption on that. <laughs> she thought of it. I, I know. It's, it's fair enough. Fair enough. I listen. The, you know, creative chip genius. Off That's cool. Our weekly spotlight uh, on Black-owned businesses and outstanding members of the Black community. If you're upset by us highlighting members of the black community, <laughs> you're listening you to the wrong some, show. <laughs> you might want to do some self-reflection on that. We're not saying that there's not outstanding members of all communities, but this is for us by us. Give us a moment to show to shine some light on our people. Okay. Thank you very much. Today, um, oh, and it's also a reminder for everybody out there, all our listeners, to hit us up with some exceptional black-owned businesses and community members that you think deserve to be highlighted. On this show, we encourage that and support that. And without further ado, today's Black-Owned Spotlight is on Brandon Gomez. Clap, 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 clap. Shouts out to this young man who really came on the scene, uh, as far as my awareness, um, when he was on CP24, when he was, you know, occasionally would drop in some nice Toronto slang in the middle of talking about the weather or, you know, it'd be like, oh, that was Dutty or something like that. And uh, that's really kind of how I first heard about it was, I think it was like a, some clip about him talking that's about how he went viral. Uh, mm-hmm. a winter storm. And he's like, yo, and there's a big Dutty storm. And this is live on CP24. And I think that was really a viral moment that kind of put him on everybody's map. And uh, he has since grown to be, you know, a bright spot for our community in in the mainstream media. We always like to see ourselves reflected in there. And now he he has left CP24 and gone on to start his, essentially, what is the seeds for his own network. Very impressive to this young man. Love it. Starting the... The Brandon, the Brandon Gones show, which will premiere on uh, YouTube tomorrow, Sunday. Uh, so make sure you go over to his, his YouTube page to subscribe. We're going to put the links in our Twitter and Instagram feed. Um, for those of you who don't, you know, just a little background on uh, on Brandon Gomez. He was formerly a reporter and anchor at CP24. He joined the CP24 team in January 2019. So not, you know, this is really recent. Um, he is from Brampton. 
Shouts out to everybody from Brampton. You know, you you, you kind of like you had Tory Lanes. Tory Lanes brought shame. Who's the other Brampton? The basketball player from Brampton. Tristan Thompson. Huh? Tristan Thompson. A lot of people have been putting, you know, putting a lot of, you know, a tarnishing Brampton's name. But guess what? Here's Brandon Gomez to bring y'all back from the ashes. So Alicia we're really Cara happy about has also that. brought their name up too. Let's let's not forget Alicia Cara. Oh, yeah, I forgot about her. Okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. He's a graduate of York University with a, B, a bachelor's degree in communications, a certificate in television and radio broadcasting from Seneca College. He started his career in British Columbia as a video journalist. He went to Global News, then he went to CTV News in Barrie, then he went to CP24 as an anchor. And now, ladies and gentlemen, he's starting his own weekly YouTube series every Sunday, keeping Canadians in the know with the most captivating news stories. Um, you can check out his YouTube page for a preview. Uh, he will be, it's a, it's going to be 10 episodes airing every Sunday. It's going to be approximately 10 minutes long and there'll be four segments news. You could use your voice open and honest and good news. And us at hashtag would like to congratulate you. We support you. We love you. We believe in you. And we are happy to have you be featured as this week's black own spotlight nice. Brandon Gomez ladies and gentlemen you know what? I'm looking forward to that segment where it's the open and honest segment because I have a feeling part of the reason why he wanted to leave CP24 is because he wanted an opportunity to speak on things that he couldn't in that mm-hmm. environment that's that's if you guys are following him on Twitter um, he'll speak out on some things that he speaks out on his Twitter thing that he wouldn't necessarily get an opportunity to while he's reporting the news for CP24 and I wonder, yep. it'd be great to get him on the show to maybe ask him ourselves, but um, I feel like that was part of the reason why he wanted to create this own media empire that I'm assuming is going to become an empire for him. But that open yeah. and honest segment is what I'm really interested in to see if that's his opportunity to speak on the things he didn't have an opportunity to in the position mm-hmm. he was in before. I love it. I love the fact that he's, you know, he he's betting on himself. We need to see more kind of uh, entrepreneurs and that kind it. of spirit. You know, so we're here for it. Much love and support, brother. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Hashtag Sports. <laughs> What's in sports news, Ready Fox? Well, a lot of hockey fans will probably be very excited that the NHL season has kicked off now. And the, Le- the Leafs got their first win of the season on their season opener against the Montreal Canadiens, winning 5-4 to four in Yay! overtime. So there you we're go. We're one good. step closer to the <clears throat> cup. <laughs> yes, we, we're going to win the cup this year, you guys. And it's going to be the worst year for us to win it because we won't be able to go out to celebrate it. <laughs> I, I would, you. I would but, actually still go to that celebration even though I don't watch hockey. I'll go. To I was any- about to say, you you know Toronto fans will disobey any curfew, any lockdown. Oh, no, I'm not saying during the pandemic. I'm just saying, like, if we – oh, that's why you look so shocked. No, that's no, no. I'm not saying the pandemic. I'm saying, like, if it was a normal year and the Maple Leafs won, like, I would still go to that parade, even though I don't watch hockey. It would be worse than the Raptors parade, Nina. Like, worse, like, people-wise? Yes. Well, 100%. that's the whole fun of it. It's once in a lifetime. So, wait. I promise you I just... there will be a car overturned in the street. Let me At ask least Nina, one did... car set on fire. It'll be wild. Nina, did you have fun at the Raptors parade? Uh, Until the shots <laughs> rang out behind me. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Because then I missed the whole thing because there was a stampede. Nina, and I, I could have sworn you have said that you wish you didn't go because it was. I mean, I might have said that, but like, but like, how many? Of, I'm gonna be able to tell my kids like, "Yo, you're never gonna get to go to that," but I did. Listen, man, 
this city is so hard up for a Stanley Cup. That parade will make the Raptors parade look like 10 people showed up. It's going to be, it's going to be, I want no part of it. I want to be nowhere near that. I, the, the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup would shut the city down for two days. Oh, I will. I'll, 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 for two I'll days. tell you, I, I, I quite honestly was considering going to the Raptors parade celebration until I started watching the news until somebody was went, who was down there was like, yeah, the square's already filled up. It was like nine o'clock in the morning. And yeah. then I saw a nice panning overshot close up of the stage. I saw the whole entourage on the TV. I kicked up my feet and I said, nah. yeah, yeah, I'm not going. <laughs> and I don't that regret it. And that I day, left the house at seven. That's and that day why. was blazing hot. Yeah, it was, but it was, it's just I had the best view experiences. Okay? Anyway, so, I regret nothing. So this <laughs> this, this NHL season is going to be different, of course, because of the pandemic. So all the Canadian teams will be their own division playing each other, just to avoid the teams, you know, going into the dirty states oh, <laughs> and that's having to come back to Canada. Yeah, they don't want to. They want to limit as much cross court or board uh, travel as possible. So all the Canadian teams will be playing each other. So the Raptors will be playing tonight against the uh, Ottawa Senators in a second the game Leafs, of the Leafs. The, oh, the Leafs. Leafs. Sorry, what did I just say? The Raptors. The Raptors. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, you know what I care about. <laughs> but the Leafs will be playing the Ottawa Senators tonight in the second of a back-to-back. And you're going to see a lot of back-to-back. And they're trying to eliminate as much traveling as possible. So I was looking at the Leafs schedule. There's At one point, the Leafs played the Vancouver Canucks three times in a row in Holy Toronto. Crap. Because they don't want to be traveling back and forth between Toronto and Vancouver, right? Obviously. So you're going to see a lot of double back-to-back games. And this is going to be the second of a double back-to-back for the Leafs playing the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they played them Friday night, last night. Who knows who won? I'm just going to ask you guys to guess because there's no Hi. way for us to know. Who won the game last night, Nina, between the Leafs and the Ottawa Senators? Listen, when I started watching hockey, I was living in Ottawa, so I've been a Sens girl from time. Oh, really? And my friend's my friend's dad was the goalie on the Sens, Dominic Hasek. So you know how many games I went to, the Sens are going to win. Oh, you've been radicalized. Okay, what about I'm you, dis- Solitaire? <laughs> I'm disgusted. Yeah, we're disgusted by this. Like, I'm really going to have Your to look Toronto at... Your Toronto passport has been revoked. Looking at you side-eye now, Nina. But anyways... Solitaire, who won the game last night between the Leafs and the Senators? Come on, the Leafs won. Of course won, they won, bro. Of course, of course they won, bro. Won. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Even if they lost, they won. <clears throat> yeah, all so right. they're playing tonight again Lock against the Ottawa Senators. So let's move over to the NBA, which is what we all care about. And yes, I know the NFL is in the playoffs. I don't care. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. Uh, the NBA Brooklyn made big news this week. What do you want to say, Solitaire? I, I do want to say... That I did see the Tom Brady video, what after they won, and damn it, I respect confident victors that are. Just, I was like, yo, nobody has any talks it. for Tom Brady, and if it wasn't no for talk. the fact that um, I boycott the NFL, this would be an interesting year just to see if he can actually, if he wins the Stan, if he's Stanley Cup, if he wins the uh, what's it called again? Super, Super Bowl. Bowl, thank you. You see, <laughs> if he wins the Super Bowl this year, then guaranteed he's he's already the greatest quarterback of all time. But that just there's no more arguments at that point. But I haven't really watched football since a young man by the name of Colin Kaepernick lost his job for taking a knee for defending us, and that's the reason why he's Amen. not playing today. 
because you guys said he was being disrespectful towards the flag. And last week, we saw people beating police with the American flag on the yep. Capitol Hill stairs. So you guys out there that care so much about the flag and you want to say that blue lives matter until they don't agree with you and that's what you do? Okay. Anyways, back I'll to the NBA. Yeah. Back to the NBA real quick. So Brooklyn made it real big. They got James Harden. James Harden is going to Brooklyn, so they might have a big two because no one knows what Kyrie Irving's doing. <laughs> Nobody knows. Wow. If that, Ky- boy, that boy's loose, man. Holy man. Now, moly. here's the thing. Some people are speculating if he's having – you don't want to discount the possibility of him dealing with mental health issues. So we don't know if that's the case or not, but he has basically been MIA when it comes to playing because one game he fully admitted he just didn't feel like playing – Another game, he kind of said he wanted personal reasons for not playing, but then he was photographed partying or have, being at a birthday party, maskless, by the way. And another time, he was on a Zoom chat with a district attorney in the city of New York or something. So he's away from the game, and he's not playing, and he's not really communicating with the team. I can't believe it's this early into the season that he's already blowing up this great opportunity with him and Kevin Durant, and now James Harden is there as well. So I don't know. Um, it's really crazy situation that's going on in there, but the Leafs or the Raptors are still struggling guys. They are still struggling at the last of us recording this. They were at two wins and eight losses. Nina is your boyfriend. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't pay attention to him anymore when it comes to this. I can't handle it. I just sit down and watch my TikTok videos. (laughs) So your brother, your boyfriend is a Leafs fan or a Raptors fan. Is he not? Yeah, but he's not like, yeah, he's a Raptors fan. I don't know. If he's, he's not like distraught a- by this horrible start for the Raptors, so. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. I all just right. don't. You don't care at all, Nina. Shame yeah, on you. you. We're really going to have to take a look at your Toronto citizenship right now. Like, uh, I, I'm looking at you side eyes, Nina, now. I really am. So, Solitaire, how do you feel? Are you, like, distraught by the Raptors? Or do you think it's just still early? They'll turn it around. Nah, man. Listen, they've got a they've got a long, long time before the the high of the championship that they won for us in 2019 wears off. Have a bad year. They're rebuilding. I'm not mad at them. You know, they're they've been loyal to us. So, you know, okay. they're going to go through a rough patch. I'm okay with it. Okay, they're playing a doubleheader with the Charlotte Hornets. They're playing Thursday night. Who knows if they won Thursday night or not? I'll ask for your predictions they again. They won. They won. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So the Raptors, we're just going to assume that the Raptors won on Thursday. And tonight, Saturday, 7.30 tonight, they're playing the Charlotte Hornets again. So predictions. Who wins? Raptors or Hornets tonight? Nina. Don't ask, don't ask oh, Nina. Who's the, who's, the, who's the star player on the Hornets? Uh, see, you see? You asked Nina. I this told you not me. to ask. The person that gets the most attention is LaMelo Ball. But, oh, um, okay. So I but was he's not the best I, player on the team. I did listen to yesterday. My boyfriend was on the phone making bets on today's game. So okay, I heard, legal I bets. Heard, yeah, 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 legal bets. I heard something about about not. Um, are they legal? <laughs> Should I? Yes, stop? they are. He whatever he was doing, it was legal. Go on. <laughs> okay. So whatever I heard was that they did not want to bet on Lamelo Ball. So I'm gonna go with the Raptors one. Okay, Sorry. solitaire. While Nina's Such outing a, out her boyfriend on on the air right now, what do what do you say, Sal? Fair weather Toronto fan. Yeah. Such a fair weather Toronto fan. <laughs> Raptors. Listen, you already know what my answer is. The Raptors. 
You got to put it into the universe. Yeah. Yes, so, they won. I'm going to hope that they can turn this a uh, slow start around, but um, they're really missing Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol, man. They're really missing them. And just as well for tonight for on the uh, NBA tilt, as well as the uh, Pistons and Heat, they'll be playing at 8 o'clock tonight. And the Atlanta Hawks and Trailblazers will be playing at 10 o'clock tonight. Looking forward to that as well. And just to go back again, the Rockets and Spurs are playing at 5 today. And uh, the Magic and Nets are playing at 6 o'clock uh, today as well, too, for all the NBA fans out there. And that's it for sports. Wait, wait. No, there's four games, that five games on Saturday? There's six games this Saturday. You okay with that, Nina? Or is <laughs> you, you worried no, about it? Saturday is my day. <laughs> Did you see her bite her lip? She's like, how many games on Saturday? Five, oh, six? <laughs> six games, eh? Just write it off. Go for breakfast. Go for breakfast on Saturday morning. Where? Nice... Where? Where? <laughs> well, go pick up breakfast. You know, have like a nice outdoor breakfast somewhere. You know, go for a nice romantic nature stroll. Like, make the most of the day. <laughs> and then in the night, just be Watch like, Watch basketball okay, night, yeah. And then you just go on your TikTok and, like, you know, you will have gotten your, <laughs> you, you would have gotten your attention throughout the day. She doesn't look happy about this, but that's it for Sports Solitaire. <laughs> All right, cool. Ready, Fox, we appreciate you Thanks. keeping us up to date and abreast of what's going on in sports news, because otherwise I would have absolutely no idea. <laughs> and that's facts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is a sign that we are now officially in Let's have some fun territory, some fun arguments, and some interesting discussions curated by No Better Nina. It's time for No Better Take. Nina, okay. take it away. So um, this week I have two. Uh, one of them is about relationships. The other is about money. So we're going to start off with money. Um, someone Cash. said that. <laughs> someone said it's actually very rude to be reminded to pay back money you borrowed. And then a person replied and said, it's actually rude to have to remind you to pay back the money that you owe me. Mm. Okay. Before we get into the responses, what's your guys' rules when it comes to lending out money? Like who you, who do you, who's on your money lending list? Do you have specific people only, or do you make exceptions? And how long do you get people to pay back? Do you have a time frame or what? What's, what's it looking like? You money? go first, solitaire. All right. Solitaire, you go first. Uh, being that I've been broke all my life. <laughs> I, there's not many situations in which I'm in a position to lend people money, but if it's uh, one of the most um, prudent pieces of advice I've received about lending people money is don't lend money that you are not prepared to give away. Meaning that, you know, if it's somebody that you are willing to lend this money to, it might as well be a situation where it's like, take it, pay me back when you can. And if that's the situation, I would only loan it to people that I know uh, that would pay me back or are really in dire straits where I don't mind lending it. And and in that case, I wouldn't necessarily uh, be too you know too caught uh, you know too stuck on trying to have them pay me back. All right, ready? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I would say as well too that um, the rule that I've always had for lending money and any of my friends are on my list. There's no one that's not on my list per se. If a friend comes to me and if I can help them, I'll help them. But when I do lend out money, it's with the idea of that it's not going to come back because that's just the best way to approach it, I believe, is that, you know, obviously there has to be a level of trustworthiness for the person. But if you're just helping someone out and you're helping them out, just help them out and 
if you don't expect to get it back and if you can't afford to lend it out then don't but um mm-hmm. when i do my rule is just that i don't expect to get it back and i don't remind them about it never ever i for me i've only ever lent out money to two people who yeah two people and they were people who like i knew were going to pay me back and they did and they would always keep me updated like i'm going to pay you back after this check or i'm going to pay you back after that one and i've always been that person too like even from high school i remember i borrowed like five dollars from someone for mcdonald's lunch and i was like the next week like i didn't i wasn't working and i was like oh my gosh don't worry i'm gonna get you your five dollars like i just i I think that reassurance is nice when you when you borrow money to people so Mm. um let's get into this because i want to light this person on fire yeah so a lot of people said the similar stuff that uh, you guys were saying so uh, one person, the first person said they don't lend money to anyone unless it's their mom or their sister because it keeps them out of jail. Um, <laughs> another person said the person who owes you money is rude. I didn't hesitate to loan you money, so don't hesitate to pay me back. Mm, um, I don't agree with that per se. The whole reason why someone's borrowing money in the first place is that they, they don't, don't have it and maybe they can't give it back to you right away. So I still think the approach is always best to, if you're going to lend it, lend without expecting it to come back. But if the person's trustworthy, you know, they're going to pay you back eventually. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so then the person after that said the same stuff you guys were saying. So I was taught never to lend what you can't take a loss on and don't lend out anymore um, because I'm not reminding anyone. So very similar to what you guys were saying. If you can live without it and you don't like just don't expect to get it back, basically. Let me just say something because I'm waiting for you to to provide to clear the runway so I can light this person on fire who said this ridiculous. Like, this is why you know people are. It, it is a slippery slope to ban the president of the United States from Twitter. I get it, but this is the reason right here because some people should not be allowed to express themselves. What it's rude. It's rude to be reminded to pay back money that you borrowed? Who is this person? I, you know, <laughs> stuff like that makes me so upset because there's people like that that walk around in the world so entitled mm-hmm. that they're like, hey, how dare you remind me mm-hmm. that I owe you money? Like, are you kidding me? I agree with you on that. The entitlement is just a whole, it's a, it's a big annoyance. Um, another person basically said that they only allow people to borrow money from them for a month, which I guess it depends on the amount. Cause people get paid. I mean, if you get paid bi-weekly, it's twice a month. Right. Mm. Um, and then the last thing I want to touch on before we move on to the next take is um, that every time you get paid, you know, you owe someone money. You should never have to be reminded. Um, that's true. So um that's that edition of no better take now i want to briefly touch on this one as well it's kind of short in the sense that there wasn't a lot of responses but i thought it was an interesting conversation so someone tweeted is it safe to say we can judge someone's character by the person that they chose to commit into a relationship with yes yep you guys think so yep you don't think so nina no because people act like what if you like (laughs) like okay people will act and pretend like they're one way and then like you'll be like oh yeah i want to date you and then when they start dating them they could be a completely different person so like that's not your fault yeah but you break up with them yeah but then what if at that point you're just sometimes feelings are are a hard thing to just but okay it depends on how much of a character difference it is between what they were faking to be and what they are and if the if it's too big big if it's too big of a gap, then you shouldn't be with that person because obviously they 
we're pretending to be someone that they're not, right? And, and that is a and, reflection on you, Nina. It's a reflection on you. Whoever you choose to date, it's a reflection on you. I don't think so. <laughs> well, you would think. Well, you, well you're wrong, Nina. You you're are wrong. wrong on this one for sure, Nina. I yeah. really don't because I just don't like. Because you know why I don't? People change too. Like you could, you could. Okay, there could be. You know how people? I'm not saying I'm like this, but there's. You know, a lot of girls fall in love with the idea of potential and someone who has a potential and whatever. Like there are stories in certain scenarios that I, well, maybe one that I've seen in real life where the person started dating that person and. I was there from the very beginning of the relationship all the way up until now. We're literally eight years later. And in the beginning of the relationship, I didn't really like the person. They were very, like, when I first met them, they were very just obnoxious and rude. But Why were you in the relationship? No, I wasn't in it. This is a, a relationship I've seen in real life. Like, I know these people. And then eight years down the road, this person, like, I actually get along with them. And I, I actually quite like them now. And I, I like, there's just there was more to them. They had a lot more growing up to do. And I think people are always changing and evolving. So I I don't feel like you can necessarily. That's fair. But I think, I think really what it boils down to is what characteristics about this person that you're judging. Like there's certain things that are compatible with, you know, that, that people are compatible with uh, Mm -hmm. about in a relationship but, you know, there's certain social graces, there's certain values, you know what I mean? So I think that it really depends on what characteristics you're talking about. But o- overall, yes, the person, like, if you're with a, Nina, how many times did I say, yo, Nina, don't date a drug dealer. Yeah, don't do that. it, <laughs> you know, because that's a reflection of, you know, something that you feel is missing within yourself almost, yeah. you know, and, and drug dealers, listen, don't, don't. Don't and my okay, boyfriend yeah, is not a drug dealer, by the way. Yeah, let's make that clear. <laughs> please. Also, make that very clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, not that you know. Anyway, I, I hope I'm not going to be. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I hear. I do hear what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. we have to wrap up now. But anyways, the one comment I do agree with is unless it's an abusive relationship, like you can't judge the person's character if they're an abusive relationship because you don't know. Yeah, no, how. I don't judge that per se. Yeah, exactly. I try um, not to. But- yeah, but that's this week's edition of No Better Take. Thank you, Nina. That uh, was a little tense there because that first one had me going, boy. <laughs> that is mad. People like that. Hey, listen, I have a short fuse. I'm old. I'm cranky. So anyway, thanks for that take, Nina. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. We did Woo-hoo! it. We did it. We are out of here. Oh, uh, before we go, before we go. Sorry, before we go. Uh, we are looking. Yeah. Our, our quick announcement. So uh, hashtag is looking for a volunteer content support facilitator. Basically what you would be doing with us is uh, engaging on our social media with the audience, timestamping and editing video clips for our social media, which you can check out um, on our Instagram page at hashtag vibe one Oh five to see what we're looking for and see if you can level that up um, and further support the show and program structure and broadcast delivery. Again, this is a volunteer content support facilitator. If you are interested, please email your resume to programs with an S programs with an S at vibe one Oh five to.com. Amazing. Thank you very much. If you know anybody refer them to us ASAP. It will be worth your while. We promise. And that's our show, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Ready Fox and No Better Nina. My name is Solitaire. And that's a wrap for today. Uh, By this time next week, there will be a new president in chief and we will be ecstatic and watching with nervous 
anxious anticipation. Hopefully there won't be a lot of violence. I pray there's not going to be a lot of violence, but it's just, it's a, it's a tense time in the States right now. It's a really tense time. So let's pay, let's pray for, for peace and reconciliation and cooler heads to prevail. And on that note, we are out. Stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands and have a great week. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Yeah, Shit. woohoo. End of the episode. Yeah, listen, Nina, you absolutely judged. I don't <laughs> think so. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. You're dead wrong. You're right. Dead wrong. Can't be more. Yeah, imagine, wrong. imagine, imagine now, single Solly. We're out now, you know, everybody's vaccinated and we're out, you know, like we're out at a party and you see me with the most ratchet instagram hoe you have ever seen you're not gonna pull me aside and be like yo sully like you know you might be right in that sense because now i'm thinking of the people i know like that i've heard of who like whose girlfriends were strippers and stuff and i like i'm a judgmental person i'm not gonna lie like is that a scorpio thing you guys is that and there's nothing wrong there's nothing for for to be clear nothing wrong with dating uh, you know nothing wrong with dating yeah. strippers. and i was also the same person who said i was my i felt empowered by watching hustlers which is about strippers but i just something about it, it was just like the connotation i think that just has been attached to them and the negative stigmatization over years has just clouded my judgment and, and so like yeah i did kind of judge those people i'm not gonna lie but maybe i should stop you don't have to dude. don't be embarrassed because hustlers in made you feel like women empowerment stuff and they're still strippers like look oh, at no, I'm not embarrassed. i just think it sounds really hypocritical because i'm saying i judge someone who's dating a stripper and then i was like empowered by hustlers well man some women have to strip man sometimes and again it's not it's not you can judge someone's character by the person they're dating but it's not just like a hard fast rule it really depends on the person and the behavior and the character of the person that they're dating too like it's but overall there are certain social cues that tells me if i saw this person that you're dating or ready's dating ready will tell you i'll be like yo nina come here talk to me (laughs) tell me what you see in this person i need to understand you know what i mean like Certain certain things, but yeah. Raptors are okay. up ten right now. Oh, Raptors. Wow. That's good. I'm glad. I can't believe there's six games on Saturday. <laughs> Yo, that was you had no poker face on that one. You're like, how how, how many games? Six games. Six. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of this shit, man. <laughs> like, the hey, season man, just started. The season yeah. just started. And oh. I need the world to open back shit. up so there's shit we could actually do. I forgot like, to mention this, too, because some games had to be postponed because players are starting to test positive. And I'm like, they might lose the season. They might have to stop the season. Uh, they need to reconsider doing a bubble thing again. and just. I, keeping... I don't know why they took that out of the options in the first yeah, game. Yeah, I don't because... know why they did that. I don't, I don't know. know what the purpose It's probably harder logistically to have so many teams playing in confined spots or whatever but they should have you just... think so yeah i guess so rather than trap rather than traveling everywhere what i, th- I would say that more they should have made three they should have divided the conferences up into divisions or some sort and then have like designated arenas for like all the teams to play at that arena 
and only like the yeah. teams will be playing at maybe just two arenas in the city or in the country, but they're going to have to re-examine it and look at it somehow or redo the whole Orlando Disney World thing again because players are testing positive left and right. And they there are some games they had to postpone because they didn't have enough players to to use. Wretched. And I know Nina, you're probably virus. rooting for the for the season to be postponed. So it might be, but then there's the whole ordeal of the PlayStation. You're selfish. <laughs> and the PlayStation I brought upon myself. You're like, a selfish woman. Oh, why you I, bought it? You bought it for him? Yep. And every time I complain about the thing, his mom's like, "It's your fault." <laughs> yeah. I will say, you know, <laughs> with the you know, like seeing how popular gaming is. I still can't fathom, and even somebody, you're talking to somebody who can binge watch, like, you know, Netflix or whatever. I cannot fathom the addiction to, like, video, playing video games. Mm-hmm. I, it's, you know, it's, it's probably because I'm very competitive and I've never been good at video games, so I hate them. <laughs> yeah. I think the, still, the, world, the world being closed is not helping. That's the main issue here. If there was things to do, I wouldn't have this problem. This is a problem now. <laughs> <laughs> well this is uh you know you're you're putting your your relationships being put through its trials that's okay you're gonna come out stronger for it these are not trials <laughs> it's the friggin nba <laughs> these are not a relationship <laughs> stop that shit stop that shit oops <laughs> there you go what is that, music? that was my alarm like it's been five minutes now since we've been in All a right, podcast let's, get out of here. let's go <laughs> All right, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. You have been uh, witness to uh, this whole shit show that we're witness to. So we're out of here. We're gonna wrap it up on that shitty out that shitty outro that I just did. <laughs> we're gonna go out on that note, just because. Why not? We're in a pandemic. Exactly. You know, that's what it is. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we out. Talk to y'all next week. Peace.